What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? My name is Noel. I am a ad hoc host. Uh, coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, not in JD's shop. Uh, with me today is Len. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. Good morning. As well as... Brian. I did it. What? <laughs> 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 Can you do it close to the mic? Now, um, yeah. So obviously, we're we're a person down this morning, uh, which which might end up being the new norm for a couple of weeks. Mm. Oh, but we're just hearing from him now. Oh, he is. He's going to be nude while he listens to this in the shower. Oh, is he which, jumping in the comments already? I got. Of say, course, uh, we've got of a course. viewer. <laughs> Will he be commenting while in the shower? Of course, that is what I want to say. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, this might be the new norm on and off for the next couple of weeks as JD prepares his mental, soul, physical space for a new life in this world. It's going to happen imminently. Um, so we're just going to try and keep the, the, the wheels on the cart while he's not here and he's going to jump in and out whenever he can. So, um, I mean, thank you for being here. We're going to talk about this week's comments, comics. uh, No, if you don't mind, uh, where is here? What what are we? We're we're the cult pop podcast. We're the spoiler alert. There you go. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. No, you spoiler did not. Alert. We didn't say what's up to our sidekicks and henchmen. But <laughs> oh, whatever. I thought I did. Oh, you I'm know just, what? Okay, I'm giving you the, I'm giving you JD notes in real time. We're doing this live. <laughs> Hold on. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? Thank you for joining us today. Uh, the Spoiler Alert podcast where we talk about last week's comments. We're going to review a couple. We're going to talk about pop culture stuff. We're going to have a really good time. And you're going to sit here and watch us. And just you know watch what? I gotta, us. I think we actually have switch. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. we, have, we have switched to hench people. And I, uh, you know, I started the ball rolling wrong on that one by saying henchmen. Henchmen. So. Uh, hench people, hench folk. Hench folk. Yeah, I like that one. Side, henches. Side How about just henches? I like gentle thorps. I want to try to get that going from Futurama. Remember when Hedonism Bot says courtesans and gentle thorps? I try to slip gentle thorps into the world. Uh, if you if you <laughs> if you if you socialize it enough, then I think I think at least one person That's me. will also start to adopt it. <laughs> oh, one other person. You don't count. Yeah, one other person. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Cool. So I, I, can, I can hit that bar. So I think that we're going to just end up getting right into the books this week because we do not have any. Um, letters, do we? No, we do not have any letter, 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 letters. Uh, before we, I don't know, do, do you guys want to vamp for two minutes before we get into the, to the books? Is there anything cool that you watched or saw or read that we're not going to talk about today? Dude, I, last night, spent three hours, not one, not two, three hours standing up, pacing wildly, gesticulating like a madman watching the last three episodes of the most recent season of The Expanse 
mm-hmm. on Amazon. That is how much I was into every little thing that was happening on that show. I have enjoyed the expanse from um, I watched it early on when it w- when it first gave birth on sci-fi, but I kind of like fell off a little bit. And then when it moved to Amazon, I said, you know, enough people have been in my ear, including my partner on the Michelle mission. Let me check out this this show. And I binged the whole series on Amazon when its first new season hit there. And I've been in for that show ever since. It's deep, it's metaphysical, it's it's strange, it's it's funky, it's sexy, it's got the best aspects of Star Trek with the best aspects of the Battlestar Galactica reboot. It's got adventure, it's got good comedy, it's got pathos. It is it it is it's multicultural in its look and its lens. Um, the Even politics the, of the it that it presents. Yeah, that they create like the whole new like yeah, dialect and everything. Yeah. That's cool. Oh my yeah. god, it is such a such a good show, man. And I was riveted to the screen last night. I love that. Show. I love the Expanse. I really like um, what's his name in uh, Tom Jane. Tom's Jane in it uh, plays yeah. a very interesting character. Like he just does it really well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the story goes in in different directions. Um, that's not this most recent season, but yeah, the recent season wrapped up very interestingly, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with the sixth and final season. Oh, is it going to be the final? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can make it last longer and make it a job. Like, do an Expanse podcast for the last season. Just do every episode, yeah. deep dive for like two hours. Cause That'd be cool. I get in on some of that. I've never, uh, I've never oh, watched but- it, guys. It's 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 been it's been on the short list. It's just, hmm. um, yeah, I, I like uh, the way that we pick shows is just incredibly arbitrary, including yeah. movies. Last night we made a bad choice and watched Mm-mm. a movie that we did not like. Um, what was it? It's it was called Possessor. Brandon Cronenberg's new movie. Uh, is he? Re- I mean, is he uh, the son of David Cronenberg? He is the son of David Cronenberg. So you can imagine there's a little bit of body horror and or oogies. Um, it's it was it's just essentially about um, a, uh, a, a, a um, an assassin that's able to hijack other people's bodies by being inside their head and other, and things go awry and it was it was just it was gross. Well, I mean, it was it was incredibly graphic. It was incredibly meditative. It was incredibly um, ambiguous. So it was just like two hours of watching a a very high quality art film. So I was like, all right. I mean, it's fine. Speaking of graphic, I also watched this week all eight episodes of the first season of um, HBO's Perry Mason show. Oh, Oh, yeah. With Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, 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 and um, and I think I think Matthew Steiner. I, I've, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the the lead actor's name. name but like that is a something. The Americans guy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. The guy brother from the Americans. Um, and and it's a very good show. I enjoyed it. It's a period piece set de- definitely back in the early part of the the 20th century. Is it, it's Perry Mason before he becomes Perry Mason. It's almost like the secret origin of Perry Mason, and it definitely uh-huh. very much is like a secret origin because. When he becomes the Perry Mason that the world at large knows, you're like, get the fuck out of here. But that's how he became it, you know, based on the books. But oh, there's books. 
Yeah, I didn't even know this. Oh, this was yeah, based on based on mm. books. Um, but it is a very it's it's a very graphic show, though. I mean, mm. I guess you you I guess you come to expect that from HBO, but it's graphic in a different way because it's not titties all over the place. Like, <laughs> where are, where are they? <laughs> I don't know. They're not in Perry Mason, but what is in Perry Mason is there is a dead baby. And I don't mean like, you know, they talk about a dead baby. They show a dead baby Mm -hmm. multiple times. And there is an autopsy on somebody who didn't get a bullet hole through his head. He got his head blasted open. And there is an autopsy on this head. That is, I'm like, woo. It, it just took me out of it. I, was, I wasn't ready for that, but I, but I enjoyed the series, so it was cool. Yeah, the, the we won't dwell on it. Yeah, it, um, uh, usually I don't cringe at gore at all. It's just very long takes, um, very explicitly like, look at this, look at this, look at this, look mm-hmm, at this, mm-hmm. of, yeah. of a needle going into a, an arm and just like, mm. anyway. Um, we do have a letter, apparently. J.D. just shot it to me. I have to read the title of the letter first before getting into the giant missive that is the letter. Um, it is titled, I'm going to need somebody from D.C. to end this future state nonsense. Oh, it sounds like a Christopher Goodnight email. Oh, skipping to the end, are we? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> first, I'm going to need J.D. to read the title of this email. Uh, it's not J.D., well, but you're just going to have to deal. It was read. <laughs> Secondly, I'm going to need an explanation as to how all of this nonsense started at the same time in multiple cities, and I'm going to need a timeline because some books slash stories seem to be coexisting while others are far in the future, 25 years later, and the lanterns are still depowered. The future ain't looking so bright, is it? I'm fine with the idea of legacy characters, but honestly, none of this makes any sense. The new Justice League would be an awesome story. It feels very 2099 or Batman Beyond, but the John Kent in it doesn't seem to mesh with the one in Superman of Metropolis. The Titans books, the Titans book, it seems, uh, it seems like it is going to go. It's going to be good. But the ending was confusing. I feel like all these books should have been else should have been Elseworld tales from a new multiverse that was set in the death in the death metal and keeps getting mentioned at the beginning of each of these books. But that doesn't seem to be the case so far. This is everything I have wanted from events before. Stop publishing normal ongoings and just put out the event books, kind of like what X-Men did with the original Age of Apocalypse, blah, 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 House of M, blah, 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 blah. Books I enjoyed? Swamp Thing, great art. Wonder Woman, great story. Green Lantern, the backups were better than the main story. Dark Detective, both the main and the backups were good art, and the story was fun for now. Justice League, I'm going to need that Flash to stick around. And Teen Titans, it's got me curious about that ending. Also, I mentioned this during JD's unboxing video for the week, but after you guys check out some, oh, check out, Aftershock's Scout's Honor. It's Chris St. Saucy, good night. So what do you guys think? I actually, um, we could talk about it a little bit while we talk about this week's books because we're going to talk about two future state books. But I did have a, no matter how much I liked or didn't like the books we're going to talk about this week and the future state books that I read this week, I had a bit of a realization and then I was annoyed. Hmm. Everything, everything that is being set up in these books will not get any kind of payoff period there are Mm. going to be some characters that we that will be ported over that we'll see earlier versions of not the future state version of you know like yara floor Mm. is going to get a wonder girl book so yeah some of these good ideas are going to end um 
Tim Fox Batman is going to get a prequel miniseries. So there's some characters that might be ported over, but because of the way that this is, we'll get no resolution whatsoever. There's not even a finale book, you know, like some other events would have like an alpha and omega issue where it all. So like all this stuff with the magistrate, all this stuff with, with peacemaker one, all this Gotham stuff, all the stuff in Robin, none of it will have any kind of global satisfying climax. And that just kind of ticked me off. Well, I, can see that. I, I, I think we could get, get into that, but do we want to review the two future state books so that we, they can be part of the conversation? Yeah. As a preamble, that's the email. Let's jump right into the first book we're going to talk about today, which is Future State, the next Batman number three. Um, DC Comics, written by John Ridley, Paul Jenkins, and Jackson Herbert. Those are the three writers of the book, with art by Laura Braga, Brandon Jackson, and Sumit Kumar. Breakdowns, of course, by Nick Darrington with the Laura Braga art, but we'll go from there. This is the longest solicitation, by the way. <laughs> the... The adventures of the next Batman continue. Batman has captured a pair of murderous fugitives, but he faces a tough decision. Leave them for the magistrate troops, which means certain death, or risk his life and fight his way through Gotham City to deliver them to the GCPD for trial. He's Batman, so there's no other choice. And, <laughs> in Outsiders, Catania has reunited with Black Lightning, but her old friend and ally has changed, big time. Now, composed of literal black lightning, Jefferson Pierce arrives with a dire warning about Duke Thomas and his mission to liberate Gotham from the oppression of the magistrate. They'll have to work together, and we really mean together, to have any hope of defeating the forces working against them. Plus, in Arkham Knights, Astrid Arkham and her band of maniacal misfits have picked a fight with the magistrate, and they're not going to back down. On the eve of their mission to the ha to the heart of Gotham's fascist occupiers, Croc, Zaz, Phosphorus, Clayface, Harvey, and the rest of the steal themselves to try and shine a beacon of hope in the darkness. But not everyone will make it out alive. So, I very much liked the first two stories of this book. That was the, um, this is just like the first issue. So what they're doing is they're having backups be every other issue continuing backups every other issue so this is like the first issue where we had an outsiders backup and an arkham knight backup but the the main story which we talked about the last issue it's a great premise you've got two murderers they have but they are have very very good motives good motives with air quotes for mm -hmm. the murder that they committed so batman is now in a situation where he empathize empathizes with them doesn't want to see them get killed sight unseen by the magistrate, but also wants to see them get to justice. So he's in a situation where he has to protect them to get them transported. That's a great conflict. That's a great, like, grounded level conflict for this new Batman. And I was really, really enjoying it. And it was, it was at the end of the issue that I kind of realized, like, oh, so we'll get resolution for this one little conflict. But literally yeah. all the world building, we're not going to get anything. And that came into a clearer picture for me with the second backup story, the outsiders, which just ends oh, yeah. with a giant kind of story cliffhanger for two main characters. And it just said the end. Yeah. I was yeah. like, Oh, the world you're building is not for me. Cool. You're it's for, it's for someone's head sometime, maybe in 40 years when they want to pick it up in an omnibus. I don't know. Uh, so it just, it, it ticks me off. And I, I read the third story. Cool art. I already don't remember what happened. Yeah. No, me neither. 
either. Go ahead, so what did you guys think? Um, I uh, I liked it. I liked <clears throat> the <clears throat> like you said. It's a like it's a it's a solid Batman story set yeah. in this world that it kind of needs to be set in, which is you know because the reason that they are uh, the you know the the conflict is is based on the magistrate and all of that stuff, and it's set in this future state reality as opposed to just being a good Batman story that could just as easily be Bruce Wayne in in uh, in his time. And I continue to like the idea of Batman not having a lot of tech for the reason that he doesn't have a lot of tech. I think it's cool that he, you know, is. it's not just that he doesn't have any money. It's that, you know, Bruce Wayne levels of money. It's that he uh, needs to avoid, you know, they can track him and, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, te- tech think is, that that's a good reason. Tech is more of a target than it is yeah. a, a crutch here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I forgot, so I, I forgot to read Outsiders last time, and then I got to it, and I was like, oh, I haven't read the first one. So I haven't, I didn't read it either uh, this time. <laughs> Although right. I love the whole, like, uh, power transcendence kind of thing where, you know, like Black Lightning who could just control electricity that becomes electricity, which is cool. Just as a story, I always like that kind of story. The, the explanation that they give for it, I mean, the lack of explanation that they give for it yeah, too is, is, is even more indicative of how this whole initiative and event is flawed. It's like, mm. you know that there's a story there and someone did their back or like their their due diligence as a storyteller mm-hmm. to kind of tell you what it is or figure it out. But because it's so truncated and this will go nowhere, it's just mm-hmm. like a oh, magic, magic thing. Uh, it's not important right now. Ooh, magic, like magic thing. Yeah. I mean, he essentially says something to the, to those effect. It, it just, it was very, um, it's very sobering. Like I see. it kept yeah. dragging me out. Like as, as soon as I started getting excited about something, it was just like, Oh, this is never going to, this is never going to be told. Oh, and that's yeah, never, that's never think- going to be told. I think that's the the one to two major flaws of Future State are one is very simple. Just put the year that it is in the front of each comic mm-hmm. and you like lay it out as a timeline. And it, that could also be, you know, like we're not getting a full story on any of these stories. I mean, you know, the, the Batman story will wrap up and, you know, but the like you were talking about the world building. But if since it takes place over so long of a span of time, like, you know, some of it's in the 853rd century, that could be all the world that you need if it was just set up a little more like the future history of the DC universe where maybe you don't see how Jefferson gets, you know, like what the deal with his powers is, but somehow that plays out in some other book. And I think that part of it is the, you know, the changing nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, having started as one thing and then they didn't want to lose all this work and, and they wanted to show these concepts um, and probably still wanted a way to introduce Yara Floor and, and um, the next Batman and the new Flash. But yeah, or maybe just even like an end book. We're so used to that, right? I to mean, that being right. the case. I, right, not even, right. It doesn't even have to be being used to it so much as it's just good practice like yeah it feels like it's yeah. called for yeah culminate in something yeah not right. just that could even be just like an overview of the whole because it seems kind of like that's a story that they'd like to tell with this is episodically showing you this grand well, future at least in kind the, of happening at least right. in the gotham books yeah the yeah, gotham yeah. books have a kind of full world mm. painted and an arc 
You've got mm. this new fascist regime regime that was put mm-hmm. in place because something big happened that we don't really even know about yet. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's the I don't know it's it's the perfect kind of you know a mm. democracy died um, yeah. because we voted it in kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, so that is a good story to to end cap with. Forget all the other stuff in Future State that doesn't necessarily make sense. It's just like the Green Lantern stuff. We'll get to that. That's fine. But like the ones that are sharing books, mm-hmm. it's just it hurts even more that there's going to be absolutely no resolution mm. for any of this stuff. And if it is, it's going to be like really small pieces of it. Like maybe Dark Detective, the, the finale of Dark Detective will be him breaking, like bringing down the entire magistrate, except it won't. Because that book exists like twenty right. years before all the other books that do. Where the magistrate is still is still. So around. it's like right, right, right. What up? Which is which is such an opportunity too for you know you've got uh, Superman of Metropolis is like young Jonathan Kent, and then you've got the Justice League, which is later than that, and then you've got Superman and Wonder Woman, which is much later than that. And there is this great opportunity to tell one of those, um, you know changing eras kind of stories mm-hmm. where you get resolution in Superman of Metropolis to maybe you see his, a, a large chunk of his life play out and that's the satisfaction of it. Or you see the large chunk of the future of the DC universe play out yeah. and things pay off from, you know, even from like dark detective, something is a ramification way later in the timeline, but, but that isn't happening. It's just an opportunity that isn't being taken advantage of, unfortunately. But unfortunately, well, I mean, I mean, look, that's the way it's always been. They want the cake and be and eat it too. Mm. They want to, there to be this fully fleshed world. In, even in the Gotham um, books, um, mm-hmm. even though they're across different timelines, they want to still have the freedom of being able to show, you know, Bruce Wayne or Selena Kyle or Dick Grayson in these books at a with a particular look that if you start putting years on there, don't start mm. making sense. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and, and unfortunately that is, that's just the way it's always been. I well, enjoy- they did it though. Like they have that timeline that they published. Yeah, but it but, just wasn't and, widely available. Even, even <laughs> that, know? even that, even that it doesn't holes make sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, if you yeah. start breaking it down, even that has holes in it. It's, it's, yeah. this is like, um, I mean, call it what it is. It's just an ad hoc event of stuff that was going to get, pulped if they didn't do something with it they're doing like something with the, it right yeah yeah, yeah. but what, what, but, they, but, but wait a minute put what, it what in what a I, bow just put it in a bow that's all i want what i found i i enjoyed the first two stories in this as well right mm-hmm. the batman story is just a, a solid batman story the uh outsider story um I was kind of like with you the same way, Noel. I was like, wait a minute, this is this is it? Like, like there's not going to be any more? Like, I, I can't even expect this to get picked up someplace else, especially because I was enjoying the depiction of those characters as well as I was just enjoying the world that that, yeah. that story was just setting up, you know? When's the it, last time we got good Duke? Like, exactly, it's, right? He's, he's a great character that no one uses. Or Katana. There's not a lot of people yeah. doing anything with Katana either, right? So I was really enjoy, en, enjoying that. I didn't give a, a, a fuck about the last story. I, I didn't read it. Never read it. Won't read it. Don't care. <laughs> look, art looked kind of interesting. I'll wait to do to get another assignment. But the, the most frustrating part about this book, and that is in the Batman story, um, and as much as I do like it, this story... You know, uh, I was looking at it. John Darrington does the breaks da- does the did the breakdowns. Yeah. Laura Braga fi- finishes it, and I think and I think if you look at Laura Braga's art in other places, 
you can tell that this is more her than John Derringer. Don, uh, Don Darrington, Nick Darrington, Nick Darrington, uh, John Ridley's the the writer, um, and it's a good story. And but with it, you know, irregardless of that, they they, they still make a, a pretty good match. It's not bad art, mm-hmm. but the problem with this is on a a production level, a process level, and that is two things for me. One is the thick borders that they use on all of the panels. And two is the coloring, which is done by uh, Arif uh, Prianto. And it's not bad coloring. And while I don't necessarily enjoy those thick borders, they're they're not that distracting. But what they do, though, to me, is they do not add any type of atmosphere or mood to this story which is what is missing. It is what was there with issue one with Nick, with Nick Darrington did the art. This the, is, this is like explicit Nick Darrington style colors and borders though. So okay, I, maybe think the borders. Trying, I think they're trying to fill the gap mm-hmm. by maintaining uh, like consistency of coloring and layout. I don't know, man. It doesn't necessarily work as well when it's not Nick Darrington. And maybe that is it because I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. I, I, I ultimately deleted the, the first issue. And I felt that the, the mood between art and coloring was more impactful there than in here. Like the scenes where in this, in this issue that are set in the police, uh, the, um, the police office versus set in like some abandoned, church I, I, it looks like um they have the exact same feel i don't ha- whereas in other books and i like to i like to think that in the nick darrington in the, in the first issue i felt that's where we were there was a mood that was set that i felt was missing from this there and that mood is very much in place in the other gotham books that mood is very much in place in the second story in the outsider story um and whether or not it's a 100% consistent mood it is still just a a mood and an atmosphere that those books create and I don't feel any type of atmosphere from this I just feel good art and that's not a bad thing but when the first issue set me up for something different hmm. it's just something that I felt was was missing and made me enjoy the story that much less it's a weird choice right like why have one artist on the first issue other than the fact that he's a really cool artist and and i mean they kind of have a a, like the first issue is an introduction of the next batman and then the two and three are a are a story you know to be a different story Mm -hmm. and so you could kind of see if it's an ongoing series why it would change from one artist to another but in this case, if there's like four issues total, it seems a little odd to have just two different artists. You yeah, know? but it may it, that may yeah. It, yeah, it may come down to to his speed. It may come down yeah. to when they finally decided what they were going to do with this whole yeah. initiative, oh, and then you yeah. know by then he's signed on to other stuff. So he he's like, yo, yeah. I'll give you the breakdowns. I'll give you what yeah. I uh, what maybe I probably already started mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. You know, because I think she's a capable. Um, I'm not. Like, not yeah, if she's Nick a good Darrington artist. Is not around. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 
like she she does a really good job with um kind of having a similar style to that first one i mean it it may be her own style anyway and they just happen to be similar writers so she I, may be trying to do this i don't know i i particularly like her her character acting so there's a there was yes. a two or three scenes with the random head bad guy cop nameless mm-hmm. with the mustache that mm-hmm. were just really really effective because of her uh facial acting so like there's um in one scene uh when batman gets away batman and the the fugitives get away he gets his nose kind of broken but it's a little off panel but the next one you actually see him with like tape on his nose and it's just a it's just a lot of really good like artist business between mm-hmm. the scenes to kind of keep you following in a, in a background narrative way which because she's a great artist it's just it is it when you <laughs> it's just a tough act to follow nick darrington's yeah. yeah. incredibly tough act to follow really period. Good. yeah yeah when this it, uh, all together this would probably be collected well i'm sorry i was i thought i had the first issue did down here my my short box is right next to me but i couldn't find it so i was like we're done that's cool don't worry about it um i've still got it on my on my tablet if there's anything that we wanted to check out that's not, not really. that's, um, that's cool yeah. it's fine it's, right. and it's my nitpick it, it's fine keep it moving yeah you, but, you know what uh, the whole future state thing kind of, in a way, reminds me of? Do you remember, guys, when they did one year later? Yeah. And they jumped ahead a year, and they had all kind of interesting changes, and those were interesting. And the original idea was that 52, the weekly series, would um, tell you how the DC Universe got to the one year later point. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, they realized fairly early on that that is not interesting. You know, you're like... The interesting stuff is being revealed in one year later as, you know, uh, and the intrigue of the whole jump forward is there. Mm-hmm. So just being told how it gets there isn't that cool. And they decided to do something else. Um, yeah, but, but this in a way reminds me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they still capped everything off at the end of 52, even though it became its own story and kept the one year later stuff moving forward. Well, no, I mean, it, I'm more reminded of the 52 by what it looks like could be about to happen with like Yara Floor and the Flash and this Batman in DC Comics, where it'll be a little different because this stuff is not, this is just one possible future and we don't know that it's moving to this. But, you know, we've seen this character as the next Batman and that's cool. So what amount of that uh, coolness will be in that, uh, you know, here he is before he becomes the next Batman. You know, that kind of thing. I got you. Yeah, I, that, yeah. Th- alone, that'll probably be a fun miniseries. I'm just very hmm. um, jaded about this entire event because hmm. it's it's just slapdash. Um, hmm. It has no... It has no... I'm more worried about it with Yara Floor, honestly. It has no uh, narrative weight. Well, you know what? Let's talk about yeah. Yara Floor because... Let's do it. Um, so uh, the other Future State book we're going to talk about this week is Future State Wonder Woman number two with art and written by Joelle Jones. Emerging from the Amazon rainforest, the new Wonder Woman must battle her way through hell. Witness Yara Floor at the height of her power as she takes on the king of the underworld, Hades himself. Betrayed by a close ally, ally, Yara's back is against the wall and she's forced to battle legions of demons for survival and to liberate her Themyscirian sister. You won't want to miss the exciting conclusion to this rising superhero's first adventure. Um... Uh, this is my favorite future state book, bar none. It's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the best thing that come out of this line. This is two issues of an amazing um, introductory story. It is a future of this character in 
in the full role, how it, but it doesn't depend on everything around her being mm-hmm. aged up or futrified. It's really just a supernatural mm-hmm. story of this potential uh, um, legacy character. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's spectacular. Yeah, other than that thing in the beginning, the very beginning of issue one. Actually, no, that might have been in Superman and Wonder Woman. There's yep. no time setting. It's, nope. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just the new Wonder Woman. Look at her. Yeah. There she goes. Yeah. It, like this could be four thousand years from now or fifteen years from now. It yeah. doesn't matter. And they don't bog down the story the, the story they're telling with details like that, like some of the other books mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. I love every effing panel of this. This was yeah. This was one of my favorite books this week. There's a couple others that we're not even going to talk about that were better, but this was fantastic. What do you guys think? Yeah, I totally agree with you. This this is definitely my favorite Future State book uh, by a decent amount. Like, there's other ones that I like, but this one just really draws you in, and it's got that balance of superhero and uh, mythological kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that, uh, that I like when done well. Uh, that ridic- look at that ridiculousness. Is, it, yeah. is that who is that? Is that Joel as well? No, this is Jenny Frizen cover. Hmm. Okay. See, the costume is cool too. Like, it's a well designed Wonder Woman costume. I like her bolo thing. That's probably not the real name of that of that weapon, but the thing with the balls on the end. And um, uh, like I said, the the reason that I'm worried about her is that this book is awesome, and it said it in the solicit. This is Wonder Woman at the height of her power, right? Or something like that. So Wonder Girl is not going to be that. It's going to be the story of her becoming this. And it could still be awesome. It's just that this is the, this is really good too. I am more excited about this one than anything else coming out of because it's this exact mm-hmm. same creative team. It's Joelle That's Jones true. That's true. telling yeah. young versions, a younger yeah, yeah. version of this amazing character. Also to the, um, the preview panel that they've shown of that book is... Mm-hmm. Also an awesome costume. She's younger and she's got like the war paint like this other character does across her eyes, which Mm -hmm. I assume is a sort of rank almost. Mm -hmm. And she's kissing her bicep. So that character is still there. Like she's an arrogant asshole. And I I cannot wait for that book. I'm on that poll. She's probably... And probably more so because she is a a teenager. You know what I mean? And, And honestly, I'm intrigued by that one, first and foremost, because it is the same um, creative team, Joelle Jones doing fantastic work. Um, and two, because let's be honest, the concept of Wonder Girl itself itself has never truly been explored by DC, except, I mean, because Wonder Girl originally, when the, when the concept of Wonder Girl was originally created, it was the adventures of Wonder Woman as a kid. So it's, it wasn't it was a, a totally different character. Then when they locked on that it was going to be Donna Troy, that was only because they wanted to put a woman in the Teen Titans back in the '60s. So they took oh they saw Wonder Girl in these old comic books. Let's throw her in here. Didn't care about the uh, continuity that that was actually supposed to be Wonder Woman as a young kid. So they had to back back. Uh, track uh, a story for for Donna Troy in the Teen Titans, and that is really where the history of the Wonder Girl has grown. So she's never really been allowed to be a character of her own. And I think taking this character and finding some type of way to keep her in the DC uh, universe proper 
by mm-hmm. having her truly be a Wonder Girl instead of these shoehorned Wonder Girls that we've been given um, in, in the wake of Donna Troy and them messing her up a la Wally West, um, I think is, is smart, it is inventive, and it is also acknowledging that they realized that this whole future state stuff was a clusterfuck except for Wonder Woman. Because Joelle Jones' Wonder Woman is just breathtaking on every level. The the storytelling the, the storytelling is is intricate, but not convoluted. Convoluted, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. too complex, not over your head. You can still catch what's going on. Um, yeah, is, this is the benefit it, it, of a writer and artist, right? They exactly. are able. It's like mm-hmm. she's tell she she can tell the story without. Um, words like right. This, this the the first draft of this story is without dialogue laid out on the page. So there's no um disconnection between the writer and the artist. Mm-hmm. Joel Jones just is telling this full story, full stop. And there's it's seamless and it's wonderful. Um, right, like thus you don't have yeah. you don't have Her, like, uh, design choices are really cool. Like not oh just the God. costume, but like all of the elements of there's this a, world. That yeah. she's yeah. Really there, like cool. um, just the simple things of like uh, there's a panel where she looks surprised and shocked, and the coloring behind her is like a dot matrix. It's yes. just it's, um, mm. uh, here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, which doesn't feel like it should belong in a book like this, especially if like the the setting that they're in for the story. But it's just it all really works in a very almost like a music video kind of way, but not hmm. not in a derogatory kind well, of way. Like it's it's almost like quick cuts, but really, really artistic. It's really good. I I'm really intrigued to see how her design and panel layouts play out in the more quote unquote real world aspect mm. of wonder of this of this character because this story for the most part does have the benefit of being set in you know a different world in hell you know for uh, you know what i'm saying so you know you can definitely play around with aspect ratios and having mm-hmm. characters standing outside of the 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 panel and talking to to the character inside so- so and it works. You, it's beautiful. So are you saying that the 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 store the art and story choices in this might be or you're wondering if they are the choices of the storyteller or if it's maybe the setting? No, so what's, I, she, what's it going to be like if she's just in Metropolis? What's that going to look like? Is it going to be right, as right. kind of wild? So we see or, her do a couple of different things which are cool, like it, very different from each other when she's remembering um, how this this. Uh, compatriot of hers saved her life. Yeah. It's all, that like all in red yeah. kind of thing, yeah. which is yeah. very, it, very it, different. It's very much a um, center yourself in the middle of hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, like remember yourself mm-hmm. in the middle of, of hell. Like it's you a good story. I don't, I don't even want to. completely differently too. Like yeah, he is I, done in this like negative light kind of sense. The, it's very cool. Everyone, everyone really should just pick these two issues up. Yeah. I, the other I don't thing, even want to talk about how it how they end. The, the oh no, issues are, are spectacular. No, I was I was I, all, all I would say I was heartbroken that it ended because one I didn't I wanted more and two yeah. uh, I never thought that I would buy a trade that is going to be this small. But I'm going to buy this trade. <laughs> well, I, I know yeah, why is this one of the two issue ones, right? I, you <laughs> know what? This, yeah, this should have been like issues. one of the one of the fours. Um, um, yeah. There's there's a, a request in the comments. I will get to it, but I will say I. I hope that they do collect this and maybe maybe with her first arc 
on the regular book and we get to see like some oversized Joel Jones art. This is this True. book is just great. Speaking of speaking of quick real quick before you get to the to the comments, sorry to cut you off, B. No, no, no. The other thing that I, I did want to mention in in reading this book and especially coming off of um the uh next Batman and to a couple of the other books that we are going to read and, and review. It's been happening for the last few years, but for whatever reason, it's really starting to it just it's really hitting home with me. And I applaud it so much. The uplifting and the championing of women artists yeah. in comic books. I, when I was reviewing the, reading the comic books, I started taking note of how many books lately we have been reading that are by the big two, as well as independents that have women doing the artwork. And we, all three of us and, and, well, rank JD and even our unknown uh, spoiler or unheard of spoiler Robert in with them. Yeah. We <laughs> all know a time when comic book, the comic book professionals was nothing but a sausage party. Absolutely nothing but a sausage party, uh, except for the rare colorist or, or letterer, you know, um, and maybe a writer or two over in the course of the you 80s were married and 90s. To Walt Simonson, for instance. Right, yeah. right. Or Devin, Grace, <laughs> Devin Grayson was dating Mark Wade. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, but now it, 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 they are in there. They're doing things. They are, they definitely are making their stamp and, and, and um, taking their rightful place behind the scenes of, in the comic book company, uh, in the publishing world, as well as in the production and producing of these comic books. And I just want to say I'm all for it. Yeah. And it's it like to, to, to double on it. It has been every single genre and style of yes. comic books. Yes. Like I, I immediately think of, we only talked about the first issue here, uh, but I continued the series. Um, Lonely receiver. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Female artist. It is a body horror it's a it's an ephemeral body horror book and for that to be a mostly feet well i the 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 writer is is male but the rest of the creative team was was female that's would be like unheard of 50 yep. years ago first of all the a book at that level of weirdness it like published by a major publisher but then also that it would be by ladies mm-hmm. it's just it, first it was a stupid notion to begin with but like it's wild. It's crazy wild. It's awesome. Um, I have a request uh, from JD, who seems right. he's he's just jumping from from social media to social media to just comment stuff. Um, yeah. Can Brian do thirty seconds on Future State Flash? Did a new issue come out? It did. A new do you want to do like this week. less than a minute on that? Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't read this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so uh, Next. that was a, that wasn't even a thunder run that was a <laughs> uh all right you know let's talk about our next book um speaking of uh female artists and writers um we're gonna talk about luna number one by image comics with art and uh writing duties by maria lovett when Teresa faithfully crosses paths with the family of the sun. She believes them to be exactly what anyone else in the late sixties would expect a hippie cult whose leader claims to be, have met the divine, but 
secret blood rituals, powerful <laughs> drugs, and sex runneth amok. <laughs> will bring Teresa face to face with the truth about the family, herself, and the dark secret behind her dreams. Immortality, magic, and alchemy are the true power of enduring love collide in this new series for mature readers only. What did you guys think of Luna number one? Who wants to go first? Brian. I thought it was I thought it was good. Uh, this was done entirely, I believe. Well, there's a guy named Scott who was the designer, but uh, Maria Lovett seems to have been the primary creator on this, just as we were talking about, uh, uh, presumably a female creator. Um, There were a lot of elements of this book that I liked. Like, it was cool. The art is really well done. The uh, sort of mystical aspects of the book are interesting. You know, like, I'm interested enough to wonder what's going on and what the deal is. Um, I... You didn't get quite as much as I would have liked mm-hmm. by the end of issue one about what the deal is, you know, what the, what's happening and, and where we're headed. Um, there were a few questions that were raised that were a little more confounding than intriguing. Mm-hmm. That was like, what's the deal with this, with this person in the cave? I'm not even sure if that may be a different or a future version of the main character. Or it may not be. I don't know. Um, for a second, I thought the main guy was a vampire. Uh, you know, the main guy of the cult, I mean, the cult there leader. Was, and he, there was blood drinking and then blood letting. Yeah. So, I mean. There was. There which was, is often how one is transformed into a vampire, I, I from was, what I I was going to say, like, you weren't, you're not far off by thinking right. that, considering it was deliberately on the page. Yeah. And one was from the neck. <laughs> yeah, <she laughs> like, one of the drinks yeah. was from the neck. So, there's that. Um so I'm, you know, I'm interested. I thought it was, uh, there were a number of cool things in it. Maybe not quite enough to be like, wow, I got to check this out. But, yeah. But I, cool. I, uh, yeah. other, other than, um, I'll get into my, my specific nitpick after maybe Len makes his opinion, but I, I kind of agree with you. Like there was, this was filled with a very, uh, murky and interesting potential that, almost got you to a point but didn't Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. so far it's just potential now like it's it's interesting design and layout and and conflict but there was i feel like there was a page short of being a good hook Mm -hmm. like they introduced Mm -hmm. the hook but then like it ends like um like it just needed one more second or one more beat to, to really hook me this was just like more of a tease like this felt like a preview issue or a zero yeah. issue, not yeah, it, a first but, issue to really yeah. pull you. That, you know what? You saying preview issue is, is is spot on because I think the like like I think um, three fourths, maybe even four fifths of this of this book is all before the credits. It's all yeah. tease. Mm. It's just ev- everything. Everything is just dripping with, you know, dread and or or intrigue, or at least it's trying to. And, you know, can't knock the art, can't knock it, it's beautiful. The layout is layout of this book is spot on. This is a book that reeled me in atmospherically straight from the yeah. beginning. I thought I, I knew exactly where I was, who I was with. Um it plays around with the visuals, with the panel layouts. 
it gets you into the mood. There's moments when there is, um, you know, drugs introduced into the story and it plays out real well. It's it's done so that you can you feel that effect. There's moments in this book where music is played and uh, as opposed to, you know, historically them putting yeah. like, you know, the musical notes and the yeah. words playing. No, they bring in all these images and it fit. You can almost you you yeah. name the tune. You create the tune that these images are pre- presenting to you. It's very well done, very well thought out. I just think that at the end, the disconnect is with the story, which sounds and reads very much like a story we've read before and maybe blended with another story that we've read before. I think wherever those two are colliding, it kicked that ball down the lane too far yeah. So that we can't even see it, and thus we're not interested in getting there. And to me, at the at the end of the day, I'm just I, I think it's a beautiful book. It's just not a book that grabbed me and makes me want to read the next. Issue. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a. I'm sorry, I cut, I cut Brian off, but there's a. It's it's a very it's a very um it's very impressive that they that that the the artist writer Maria um, was able to create atmosphere. That's almost exclusively in daylight. Mm-hmm. Other artists mm-hmm. would would have to kind of create shadow and shade and 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 kind of looming threats using darker colors. This is this is like pure hippie sunlight. There's yeah. one scene that's dark, and because it's one scene that's dark, it's actually incredibly jarring when compared and it's mm. effective. But the whole design of this book is just very flowery and bright, but it still manages to be menacing. Mm-hmm. and creepy, mm-hmm. which is incredibly impressive. You, you know, it reminds me a little of the art of a book we read uh, some time ago, Coffin Bound. Oh, yeah, um, you kept reading that, right? I did keep reading it. I have not, I didn't go uh, finish reading it, but I definitely would. The art is similarly, it's like the, like, a high, heavy sunlight, but mm. uh, but still very moody. Um, mm. And just the line work kind of reminds me of it. Um, do you guys notice that because some of these panels are signed and dated? Okay. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the other, that was, that's my nitpick. Mm -hmm. As soon as, so, um, if anybody that isn't aware or doesn't really pay attention to a lot of like modern comics, artists, uh, usually get to keep their pages, their original pages. And what they'll do is they'll sell them for profit or, or archive them. Um, so when they finish like a big splash or something they think will be sellable, Mm -hmm. they will actually... Uh, you know, sign the artwork. They'll usually hide it very well. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, as soon as I notice it, almost every Everywhere. other page Everywhere. is You're a signed it. page. And yeah. it's so obvious. It's just like, yeah. I. it started to, it, it, it pulled me out of the story at least six or seven times because her autograph is in here. Well, the first time I was like, is that on that tree? <laughs> is that mm. like, is that an element of this story? It's, and then it took me a little bit to figure out what her, it was. Her little know? badge, Maria Lovett 2019 is yeah. everywhere. And yeah. I was like, it, it put a bad taste in my mouth. It was like, it was a little, yeah. Try, you like, know what? On. But you know what? As much as, and I didn't notice it. Um, and there was a moment when I was, I started to look for it. But one, I have to remember that one, I'm an artist, so I kind of like your trained eye to look mm. for that stuff. We review comics, so we're reading comics yeah. on a different level than the average comic book reader. So I don't think the average comic book reader, even if they notice it, 
I don't know how much it's going to pull them out of the story. Yeah. And three, we, all three of us are well aware of a certain someone who has had a uh, run into problems with their artwork that yes. if not for yeah. sake of having their name hidden yeah. in there might not have a leg to stand on. So sure. I am not going to hate on somebody signing their pages. That makes sense too, as, though. As uh, our JD art has friend, in. artist friend says, sign yeah. the pages after they go to print. You know what? Yeah. I, I I hear you, but I ain't mad at. I'm I'm not going. I'm yeah. still not going to be mad at somebody I, who, who you does know, that. Well, so there's it, another it aspect the, of that. Go ahead. The, well, the the date goes backwards, which I think reveals something. Well, how uh, long she's been working interesting. on it? But she's the, been working the, on it for like two years. Well, sure, but I mean the the later pages were done first, which I think is you know like it's it's 2020 huh. in the first few of them, and then it goes to 2019. And I wonder if she was like, I have this idea about this this so uh, she's cave a, and whatever. She's yeah. the artist. She's the artist on um, Faithless with Brian Azzarello, also by Boom Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first series came out around, I think, the end of 2018 or mid 2018. So yeah. I presume as soon as that book hit, she started working on this. And I, I just kind of saw it. So like the, I didn't read it as the first of all the fact that I know this is is kind of. I, it's not something I like because I saw the signatures also. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more complicated layouts have the earlier dates versus the slightly easier layouts have mm-hmm. the later dates. So like the yeah. stuff with the cave, those are the most intricate mm-hmm. pages because they probably mm-hmm. took her the longest to do or the first one that she mm-hmm. did. So because she is the writer artist, she probably had didn't have to create this linearly at all. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, and, yeah, and you'll find that yeah. most comic book artists just like directors they create out of sequence so so that, that that doesn't surprise me at all especially if you're the if you're the writer and the artist you can you you work on the yeah. page that you you feel like right. <laughs> there's, all, there's all kinds of shortcuts yeah all right yeah yeah i, I know, mean uh, it's all really hard last page. but there's all kinds of shortcuts well, sure mentally yeah. well that's why shortcuts come in handy <laughs> Uh, the harder it is. In looking at this last page, I, I didn't notice this before, but coming out of this guy's wounds, to get back into the story aspect of it, uh, coming out of the wounds is, seems to be water. Yeah. Which mm. I think is intriguing, um, especially with the blood stuff from earlier. You know, who knows what that is. They're also in sort of Jesus-reminiscent I mean, uh, sort places. of. But he's crucified with, with holes in his side. Like He does have And he's got side, long yeah. hair and a beard. I, was there more than one? It's hole incredibly with... Christ-like. Yeah, there's like three. Hmm. In Jesus, I mean. No one. I mean, just the one. The I mean, famous the, one. the hallmark right. version of it. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just one stab. <laughs> but the realistic version, if like the re- the right. real version of it, is right. be... just mangled beyond belief. And yeah. Anyway, but he yeah, doesn't. Yeah. But but he doesn't have a beard. I didn't think he had a beard. He does not have a beard. Oh, yeah. he doesn't. And he's chained oh, up, okay, but yeah. not. It's like it definitely gave me. Uh, it's, it, I th- and I think, and sure. I think, I think that definitely is. I'm just thinking yeah. that he doesn't have a beard. He's just um, the, like these the, are all these are all hippies. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, if this was enough to at least just thematically hook you, this might be a better read collected. Um, I can especially see that, if it's sure. going to be as yeah. methodically paced as this. And I know, and mm-hmm. I know, like that's support the artist, but maybe pre-order. 
the whole thing or, or stack a couple mm-hmm. issues before you dig into it. Because as, 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 a, as far as a first issue goes, it, for me, it just doesn't, it, it falls like 10 degrees short of giving you enough to hook. Just, it's just mm. enough to intrigue now. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the next book. Let's talk about, um, deep beyond number one. Oh, did you a chance okay. to read this? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, Deep Beyond Number One by Marca Andolfo and David Goy, written by Marca Andolfo and David Goy, with art by Andrea Bricardo. Here you go. In an underpopulated future Earth, devastated by the dire consequences of the Millennium Bug, the survival of mankind, and maybe the planet itself, is handled by a small number of people. Talented scientists who, despite the adverse situation and the stupid feuds that continue to divide the small number of people still alive, try to understand this and study what is hidden in the depths of the abyss. Something mysterious and dangerous, which could eventually cause an even worse and more destructive catastrophe. I thought this book was fun. This felt like a um, mid-90s underwater alien movie or Mm -hmm. action movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It had a bunch of pretty fun conflicts, character conflicts. Like the very, very quickly and in no short order, they introduced like an ex-girlfriend current wife secret secret twin swiss sister and <laughs> and a messy breakup it, it was it, like it was just it was it was very melodramatic but it, i mean that as a compliment it was mm-hmm. very is very goopy which you kind of want your your horror books especially like alien underwater ones to be a little goopy mm-hmm. um I don't know. I just, I, this was fun. This was just fun. Um, it was, it was exactly what it was on the cover. And sometimes that's incredibly commendable. You know, what did you guys think? Uh, anyone. I, I felt there was so much in this comic that was like, Oh yeah. Oh, another thing. <laughs> <laughs> another, another oh, yeah. pullback. You know, Oh yeah, and it was like Inception. I, it was like a in, a, yeah. but not in a metaphysical way. Just in like a, oh, this person knows this person. Oh, I was thinking more like that scene in the office where Michael Scott has the idea for a commercial, and he's like, and you pull back, and it's a girl playing in a sandbox, and you pull back, and yes. it's a desert. Oh, you're and right. You pull back, do and that. all a movie <laughs> set, and you yes. pull back. <laughs> yes. Oh, they do do that, don't they? Oh, it's, a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like of that. it's at a party, but then next yeah, day, yeah. and then yeah. the, or but it starts in the ship, but then it's like right, one right. day later, but then it's like. You're right. And the woman from the ship is also this person to this other one. Ah, you didn't see that. So, you know, I Uh, took it as the the beginning of a disaster movie. So, like, Hmm. the the beginnings of disaster movies really, really quickly introduce all of your characters. Mm. It usually starts Mm -hmm. with, like, is that that a new seismic reading from the volcano that will never go off? And then they cut to... The party at the volcano. Introducing a couple of people. (laughs) So, again, in this party, the one person murders everybody else for whatever reason. Because she's a she's a defeatist, a bioterrorist. She's a defeatist. defeatist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? You you're totally right, and that yeah, is, yeah. that is a knock. But to me, it was like a really good cheesy knock because that's how all yeah. these disaster movies always start with like, I'm going to quickly introduce you to everyone, and then yeah, half yeah, of them yeah. are going to get killed immediately. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, if you're if you're like into it, then it's you know if you're like rolling with the with the stuff as it happens. <laughs> If you like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like if this is for you, <laughs> then you'll love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man. No, but I mean that sincerely. Like if you're like, <laughs> I mean, ah, sincerely, this, this if you fun. like this garbage, then you'll right, love right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was waiting. I'm gonna let you finish, B. But this is why I was waiting for you to to go to B because the whole time you were reading, it, I was looking at B's face like, oh, B's, B, B's like, mm. he's yeah, just like, sitting there like, hmm, okay. mm, mm. <laughs> what an intriguing perspective. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really do mean that. Like if if you're if you're feeling the like boom boom kind of crazy, you know, madcap nature of it and it and it okay. sang for you, then I like, yeah, in my well head done. this was directed yeah. by like Roland Emmerich. Mm. Or or <laughs> or Rennie Harlan. Just like goopy dumb. It's not, you know, dumb is dumb is is a uh, is uh, reductive. It's not a dumb book. It's just very um, tonally, very specific to a to a style of to- storytelling that is not for everybody. It is it is an adventure book, but like mm-hmm. uh, a sci fi adventure book that doesn't necessarily pause to make sense. There's huge info dumps in this book that I would not have tolerated in a different tone, probably because like I already had the uh high level sci-fi original movie tone in the mm, back of my head mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, when yeah. they get into long paragraphs of of exposition i was just like yeah okay right. like it, it 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 set up a tone for me that i was um more um accepting of things that i wouldn't have been accepting in a different tone like it's mm-hmm. not blanket rules for me usually hmm. what do you think len oh i don't think b's finished go ahead oh. b Oh no, uh, that was pretty much it. Except to say that, like, I wasn't, I wasn't like against this book, like so much. You know what I mean? Like when reading it, it wasn't like, uh, <laughs> what right, are they doing? Right, right. You know what I mean? It just um, there. I didn't feel like there was enough for me personally to like get my footing with that mm. made me that interested in in where it's going or or what will happen, but. It, it wasn't like nothing about it was like, uh, this again, <laughs> you know, like, or like, right. uh, what a, what a dumb thing to do, you know, that kind of deal. It's, so, it's yeah. funny you went the, um, the, the roads that you did because I, I get into deep dives. So I actually just recently watched the original Poseidon Adventure oh, from the 70s movie. and then watched the remake, uh, with Kurt Russell. And then I watched the Towering Inferno. Then I watched the first Airplane. Then I watched 2000 and what was it? 2012. Oh, 2012. 2012. 2012, uh, which is uh, in crazy. Uh, and then That's a weird movie. I think like the first airplane found its way in this. I mean, disaster movies. Are, are you, it is a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. not airport. Not airplane. I'm sorry. It's airport. Airport. Because it's, uh, it's the real one of, of of which airplane is lampooning. Um, you know, there was an actual movie that is like some whole scenes and dialogue are lifted for airplane. It's, oh yes, it's a crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wild. One. They're like they bought the rights to that movie so that they could make a. a madcap comedy version of that movie because i think it's so like similar. a 50s i think it's like a 50s film yeah. that i that i actually yeah. saw and it, it, it is stupid uh anyway yeah. <laughs> um but so it's, it's funny that you say that so then when i was reading this comic book i was definitely getting those same vibes as far as the setup and where it was going and i was right with you 
um, B with like every page was yeah. every page was like set up to be like this big whole other comic big reveal <laughs> and I'm like well how can you do a big reveal on issue one we don't know what's coming up that unless I turn the page and this woman's taking off the mask and it's Lois Lane sitting there like you're not going to really surprise me about who it is you know what I'm saying even when they said that you know oh my god you're a twin of of so and so I was like is she oh I guess Did she, she is matching tattoos? that tattoo is real useful <laughs> Also, because I was like, wait, is she the scientist woman who's in control? Is that and a I different went back and I was arm? like, no, she doesn't have a tattoo. Right, right. <gasps> no, I didn't notice. <laughs> the one that maybe is dead, definitely yeah. filled with boils. It's on the left arm and the twin. The other one's on, 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 on the right. right arm. Yeah, I did notice that. I did notice that. I did not notice that. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's it's not dumb, hmm. but it's it's an adventure movie. You know, this is very specific. This is uh this is Megalodon. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> that's what this is, man. I think sci-fi original movie really was the. Well, you know what? Like, the only reason that it's not a joke. Exactly. Just, exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Fair enough. But fair it, enough. The, the is, only reason I won't go rebound. sci-fi. Only fi- only reason I won't go sci-fi original, original movies. Cause when I think sci-fi original movies, I think of their, the almighty Thor with Richard Grieco, which is a horrible movie, but I believe was a sci-fi movie. Um, yeah, I think movie? of Sharknado, which is a horrible Mansquito. movie. Yeah. yeah. Mansquito, right. So I'm which not, I never saw. <laughs> so I'm not going to give them the sci-fi original movie okay. <laughs> label. I'm not going to do that to them uh, because it's a cut above that, but it is just a, a crazy, silly comic book. And for that, I'm just like B. If you're into it, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. It could be fun. The art is is evocative. It plays yeah. around with the layouts and the moods and the coloring. It works on that level. Um, it's got it definitely the intro hooks you in, you know, right away. So rock on with it. And, and like you said, yeah. like Noel said, it, it's very it's very um, rare, especially now in the world of variant covers where a cover gives you exactly what you're, is, uh, is <laughs> happening in, on the inside. And this book does play fair with his reader. So I'm all for it. Yeah. It reminds I, me a little of Kaiju score in that way. Where yes, it's like, yeah, if this yes. is your thing, get this thing. You know, yes. do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There are, they, like, it is in the title. <laughs> right. Kaiju. <laughs> right. Kaiju. And score. score. <laughs> now, see, now you got me thinking about 2012. That's I, that's the perfect, like, that movie is the perfect example of screenwriters yes-handing each other. Like, mm-hmm. let's end the world. Yeah, but let's make him a driver. <laughs> yeah, but he also knows how to fly a plane. Yeah, but, like, there's arcs. And, like, yeah, and then we'll do this. Like, they just kept going. Yes. To the end, yes. By the end, the movie is just, like, a bunch of people on secret secret hidden arcs yeah. that are traveling to the Antarctic to repopulate the it's just a weird fucking movie. <laughs> it's a weird weird effing movie, man. Uh, okay. Can I, um could I bring up also just an interesting like uh sometimes ideas bubble up in various places. This is the way that they depict this whatever the thing is that is um that is taking over this contamination or whatever mm. is bubbly glowing things Mm. and so is it in we live you know now they're very different from each other but it's like that idea for whatever reason is like in the gestalt and i find that kind of thing really interesting um you know what i find interesting what is it 
how people can support the show. Uh, Ryan, if you'd like to talk a little bit about it. I would love to. I've been waiting to tell people about patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. Now, you can go on there and give up to $20 million to us, and, and more if you want, but also we'll less. Take, we'll take yeah. care of the taxes. You can write it off. Exactly. We'll pay them. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking for something to do with your extra $20 million? Send it to patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. Now, if you don't have that amount of money, you can just like and subscribe or even give 25 cents and um, there's another – tell people about it in your real life, you know, like, uh, you know, just if you see them. You don't have to know those people. Just tell them about the show yes, and tell them if, to watch it. If if <laughs> safely, with a mask, you could yeah. Yeah. accost someone – on the street right, safely, safely accost them safely <laughs> yes um get their attention by force um yeah. and let them know that we're here every sunday morning at 10 30 a.m eastern standard time to talk about this week's comments like it's <laughs> some way, and, I, some... and i think we're gonna have a uh, another you know we did that holiday special kind of thing and we've got some some beginnings of talking about doing another we don't have any more information about that but i just wanted to send it out there to you guys that that probably won't be at ten thirty in the morning, and it will be a little different. <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, I'm in, I, <laughs> somewhere. Well, there was I, a YouTube link there too. We're YouTube, and what is it? Uh, uh, we are YouTube, YouTube.com slash Cold Pop Go, Facebook.com slash Cold Pop Podcasts. That's two P's. Pop Podcasts. Um, yeah, like, subscribe, do all that jazz. Cool. And you, you were going to say something, Len? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I just envisioned somewhere. Um, JD like slipping on like a, a wet shower floor to try and get to the computer to do a better Patreon commercial. He's just like, is there? Could there be a better one? I loved it. <laughs> Look, I loved it. But you, you know the Taskmaster. You know all, how he is. We we got all the pertinent information out. He should exactly. get used to this for the next couple yeah. of weeks. Um, as he's rocking his cute new baby to sleep, he's just gonna have to internally be upset with us. But not get it right. We'll see what he says when that twenty million comes rolling in, huh? I, I, you know what? It might work. <laughs> right, it, we get a big boost look, in. Uh, let's yeah. settle. Let's settle. One million. Right. That's fine. Just one. Fine. Just one. If I didn't make it clear, any amount of money from zero, zero doesn't to have to end in a million. million. <laughs> yes. Yeah, are you really more living more. right if you don't have a spare million to give to? Your favorite hey, podcast. Also, Not also, as right as you might It's be. all relative. If I have $10 and my friend needs yeah. one, I'm going to give him a dollar. Exactly. If you've got $20 million and you consider us your friends, drop one. Just one million. Just drop one. Right. Or if you don't <laughs> want to see us again, give us a million and we'll go away. Yeah, that's the price. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, each, though. That's one million each. And we'll yeah. never do the show again. It's all <laughs> But we will do gutter talk. Uh, hey, so B, this, you, you brought up a real quick... Look, JD's not here. Calm down. No. Oh, go ahead. B, no, no, go you, ahead. you brought yeah. up a good idea. We've been thinking about doing, you know, we we putzing around about doing another holiday special. We should make these gutter talks holiday specials. Mm. And it's February, and we've got two holidays in February that we can focus our show around. President's Day and Valentine's Day. We should do a gutter talk President Valentine yeah. special. Presidential romance. Do we get to? All um, right. Yeah. Or is um, it President Valentine, a fictitious president? <laughs> we I, I, mean, I mean, if you, if you want to go down that path, we're going to be creating <laughs> fake 
fake histories, uh, favorite <laughs> things, uh, adaptations starring certain actors. Yeah. Future states uh, somebody over. can draw him. Like uh, uh, <laughs> we'll know what he looks like either way or she our favorite, she our favorite like fictional president. Ooh, yeah. Um, as long as, as long as we write, um, original poetry, I'm down. Yeah. I'm oh, with cool. it. I'm with Love it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure we'll it out. Poetry to president Valentine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Our favorite poems to president Valentine. That's exactly how it should go. Um, I mean, should we, I, we can keep talking about comics or <laughs> do, I, do you want to talk about more comics? I, I, <laughs> is, that, is that something that you would like to do? Right, sure. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna commandeer the show even more so now. And we're not going to talk about these books, but there were two books I read this week that I think people should. <laughs> uh huh. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't have thunder rounds, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to like squeeze in. This book was amazing. Hellblazer, Ooh. Rise and Fall. Oh, this, yeah. This Tom Taylor. So, like, the third issue came out this week, and it's it's a complete story. This was the finale. Mm, okay. This was so incredibly good. Pick this up. If the if the issue, you know, they're the super prestige format. Mm-hmm. These are, they're hard digitally. So, like, we all read different formats for the show. Mm. These books usually don't translate as well digitally. So, if you could eventually pick ratio. this up. Yeah, because yeah. the aspect ratio. Yeah. Like, the, the font and the layouts just, just look different they look smaller and truncated um this book was great like this was this this three issue story like a, a good just a one and done-ish kind of thing it's just a good if anybody wants to know what john constantine is like this is a wonderful entry point just like if you like these types of stories this type of climax there you go it was really really good right. um, it, it, that was the final issue yeah just three issues yeah. so i think it, uh, it's going to be collected i think it's solicited the collection is solicited for like um March or April. Um, oh, cool! So, like, you, they could pick that up at their local comic shop. Let your let your retailer know and pre order it. Um, and the other thing is, some really big shit happened in Avengers. Like, status quo continuity blowout stuff happened, and no one's talking about it at Except all. You, I'm talking about it right now. Um, it has to do with the Phoenix. It has to do with some Asgardians. Like, they are mm. they are crossing the two, and Ooh. it's interesting that's it so yeah so i like this 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 arc this enter the phoenix arc that started with issue 41 this is issue 43 um if you're at all interested in either of those things you should you should start picking this up and the, the issues are still available i have not been reading avengers because i am anti all this nine thousand different avengers comic books i am anti like every person like once you get a marvel badge you have to also sign up as an avenger so I'm very anti that. Like when I heard Conan was an Avenger, I was like, oh, Eat this. I don't All read right? that book. <laughs> okay. However, I this past weekend, for reasons that are better left unsaid on this on this uh video channel, found my way to reading the last issue of whatever the current ongoing arc is of Savage Avengers. Where oh, yeah. Conan is one of the Avengers, and I think um, Doctor Strange is an Avenger. Um, Magic from the New Mutants is is in there as well. Um, and I gotta say, while I don't remember a whole lot about the book because I don't have it here, I was reading somebody's comic. It was fun. It was it was like 
it was like just like what Deep Cover and Kaiju Score are big dumb comic book, and yeah. and I, I had I have to be honest and just admit that I had fun looking at it. The art was interesting. The story was just big dumb monster fighting type of shit, and it got me like. This close to say, hey, maybe when this is collected, I might try it. No, I won't. Is this, but is this, the, it is was this right. the Deadpool issue? No, Deadpool's not in it. No, no. There's this is the this uh, like I had heard a little bit about this because I'm not that's that's a book I'm not reading. I read the first couple and the art was by Diodato and I just I didn't like it. Um, but uh, it's co- it's like a Conan team up this issue, right? Like I heard some people well, he, talking he, about it like it was really fun. It was surprisingly funny. D- Maybe like, that's the I, most recent issue. Maybe what I read was not the most recent issue, um, but this was the issue that I I read. So it was it, it was Duggan. definitely the end of an arc. It was definitely the end of an arc. It, it was it was it was fun. It was fun. It's it. The writer is Jerry Duggan. He's got a bunch of artists yeah. that jump on and off, but he is he is very good at taking something I usually don't care about and making it pretty funny. Like his Deadpool run, I really liked. Um, his Guardians run, I really liked. And it's he he finds ways to. He finds ways to make it funny, but, but I mean, if you want to see a Phoenix imbued Howard, the duck, where are you going to get that other than Avengers? I don't current arc. <laughs> Maybe a Howard, and the duck ongoing. That's big. It's good. This, this I, I, cause I know you guys don't watch the, uh, the thunder rounds. The, this whole arc is the Phoenix force has decided to not make, um, needs a host doesn't want to bother with the first come first serve thing and just absconds with a bunch of characters from the Marvel universe and sets up almost like a battle Royale. So oh, they, get, God. they get a little piece. They get Wait, a do little they have to piece. fight each other yes. for the Phoenix force. Yes. They get a little piece of the, of the Phoenix. So you've got these Phoenix up characters almost just like mm. fighting, but they don't want to fight and they don't want to win. So they start to try and make it a strategic thing where, all right, so you're going to lose and you're going to do this. And it's just, it's a, it becomes a thing and, and not everyone's cooperative. I mean, I like it. It's really good. Uh, it's I'm good. Into, I'm into it's Phoenix good. power, like but then we just doing in various characters. Oh, then are you talking about like, like AVX? Oh, uh, no, I wasn't. But I it was did just, happen in that. It did happen in that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a hand. It's kind of like Ten of Swords, though. See, that's what I was going to say. Did we just have a battle royal with Ten of Swords? Yeah. I mean, I know that was X Men and not a. Yeah, but you know what it was, no. Don't act like you don't know what it was. I don't so, know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what it was. And of what? Two of swords? Oh, Look, J- God. Jason Aaron is like on a fever, on a like a drug-induced fever dream trip and just doing whatever he wants with the Avengers, and I'm here for it. It's fun. And he could have plotted that out two years ago with no idea I that the did, other guys yeah. were plotting out the... Because it's, all, so, connecting, it's yeah. all connecting back to like the first arc of the book with the Celestials. Like everything is... Ooh, I do like celestials. Anyway, yes, we had assigned reading, so let's. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! That's right. <laughs> we're actually we actually have a set number set books that we are reviewing. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dip our toes into the event book with King in Black, Black Knight number one by Simon Spurrier, with art by Jesus Saez. Null's ferocious assault upon Earth has begun, and Dane Whitman, Avenger, hero, and wielder of the mighty ebony blade as the Black Knight, takes up sword and shield to defend against the unstoppable onslaught. Though the blade grants Dane incredible power, so too does it consume him with a lust for violence and destruction. As the endless horde of symbiote dragons 
darken the skies of Shanghai. Will the Black Knight overcome the growing evil within himself and join Arrow and Swordmaster in saving the city? And what secrets will the battle against Null reveal about Dane's past? So, um, I don't have really any relationship with Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's always been a, a fun-ish side character in other books that I've read. Um, but I don't remember really anything about him. Uh, the whole concept of him kind of being uh, weirded out or, or turned into something else or made crazy by the blade is, I don't remember that being a story point. If it's a new one or not, I don't know. Um, wow. But I, I, as soon as I got used to the um, storytelling structure in this book with the internal dialogue that is in ye old English but then he speaks in normal. As soon as I kind of got used to that back and forth, knowing these are his thoughts and not an omniscient thought because they were written differently, mm-hmm. I started getting into it. But the art crossed that bridge for me. Like it, it, it mended that bridge for me because I really, really liked Jesus Saez's art in this. Um, yeah. The last time I saw him, for, done tons of stuff since, but I remember him fondly from the beginning of the Mark Wade's Doctor Strange run where he took, Mark, he took Doctor Strange into space. And it had this same kind of, it's not hyper-realistic, but the, but the painted kind of um, yeah. colors make it, give it a texture and a depth that this type of story usually doesn't get. What is and, the name for that kind of, because it, it's know. a particular style, like digital painting or? I don't know, but it, it, it's, I don't know. it's not, yeah. it's not hyper-realistic, but it has more texture than just yeah. four colors. So it's, it's, it just, it really worked for me with this. Um, mm. I don't know if I would follow this into multiple series. This was just kind of like a nice fill-in. Uh, but what did you guys think? Yeah, like, it, it's, uh, like, I have some history with the Black Knight, but the history that I have is I don't care. Like, I never, <laughs> I just didn't care about the Black Knight. He was someone that the Avengers would talk about every once in a while, and he would show up, um, uh, you know, and I never really thought he was a well-thought-out character, and whenever they took the time to think him out, I just wasn't interested enough to go follow it. And to be honest, I wouldn't have been interested in this comic book either, except for, as Noel just said, the art. The art in this book is the only reason I finished the story at all, because it is absolutely beautiful comic book art from beginning to end the pencils the layouts the colors the inks the mood everything about this comic book from an artistic level is sensational um and with that i still don't care about the black knight as great (laughs) as he looked in this book um I still didn't care. There was times when I actually was wishing he was another character. It's like, oh my God, I wish this was Hawkman. So then maybe I might even give a give a damn a little bit. Or I <laughs> wish this, I wish this was Cyclops, a character who I don't care about, but I've always wanted to care about. Because I actually at the at the end of the day like him. Um I like when they introduce, you know, uh um Eric. Arrow, I, I'm probably Arrow. mispronouncing Arrow mm, yeah. uh, at the end, um, and and the other character because now they're two it, two interesting people in the book. Even though I I think they're kind of like sidelined, which they should be. It's not their book, um, but I just like that they're introduced in there. 
Did they exist before this? Or yeah, Arrow or? actually had a, a, okay. had a, a, they were in uh, the, I think they're both yeah. in the Arrow comic book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't uh, know if it was a miniseries or still ongoing. They both they both had minis and then they were both members of the new Agents of Atlas that was happening during Empire. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Like they, right. they've been, um they've been in their own like side minis and stuff for right. a while. Right. Yeah. So, so I knew the characters. So I was, I was, it was very cool to see them show up. Um, it's, it, you don't really have to know a whole lot about what's happening in the King of Black, um, story to just enjoy this, which is, um, why it's very interesting how many of these side books of this, uh, event have been so enjoyable for me. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them have been enjoyable more so because of what they've done with the characters, a la the Black Cat one, a la that Hulk short story that we read. And some of them have just been enjoyable because of the artwork. Um, uh, Case in point, I think like that Gwen Stacy's spider clone, whatever one we read (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. and, and this one, and this one is just the art is so mesmerizing that I found myself like really just sitting there and looking at looking at this book as opposed to reading it because reading it is I, I didn't I didn't need it. The story, the art tells the story. They're fighting this big dragon It's like, ah, he's got a cool sword and he pulls a sword. He's got the story and the backstory and he's talking to himself. He's talking to the history of the Black Knights and like, who gives a fuck? Um <laughs> It, it it but at the end of the day it's it's fun it's enjoyable yeah. it's one story and it's all i ever need to do with black knight yeah i i'm with you guys 100 percent. the art like whenever i see a comic that has this kind of art i'm like ooh, it's got that kind of art whatever mm-hmm. they call that you know and and this is a good example of it as well um i think yeah, there's like there's a realism, but still, you know, I know Noel, you sometimes take issue, or maybe you as well, and with Alex Ross or just painted books in general that look good but not kinetic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they're they're and usually it, pretty stilted, like just poses yeah. that are pretty as opposed to uh, as opposed to action from panel to panel. Mm-hmm. And and for whatever reason, this style doesn't have that. You know, it it can yeah. look a little static, but it generally doesn't overall have that kind of feel. Um, yeah, I I always thought the Black Knight was cool in the sense that like he's like a knight and that's cool and you know he's got you know like I was like ah eh, I, I like his style I like his kind of deal I don't it's not like he shows up that often so I don't have that much of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, you know uh, to do with him but um, I thought it was unusual to introduce this like major status quo change what seems like a major status quo change to him in this comic. Maybe they're getting set to do it somewhere else. Like he was able to call that other sword and it turns out his family line is not one of purity. It's actually oh, quite yeah. the opposite. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Like the, the idea, it's not that you have to be pure of heart to wield the sword. It's that the sword needs you to be a little empty and callous to, to work. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it I won't, if you're like pure that. of heart, you can't use it. Yeah. yeah I think and it was a cool reasoning cool. too. Like Camelot had people pure of heart, like every other black. And why did they not choose any of them? Um, and uh, also, this sword design is cool. I mean, it probably pre-existed, but the the other guy's sword with the constellations on it mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. The the negative qualities, some of them were like there was a tongue-in-cheek nature to this that I didn't feel landed quite. You know, um, the it, it wasn't it wasn't that distracting, but it just didn't. It doesn't fit. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the story, the, the, the story old timey talk, and yeah. the story he's telling in his head is not the story that's matching with the characters that are reacting mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's there's a lot of they lean a lot on the joke of he really is crazy, isn't he? While he's talking yeah. to himself in a completely different way. So like, yeah, it it had a little bit of whiplash back and forth, like it was doing too much. Yeah, and and some um some reliance on the like he's talking in medieval talk mm-hmm. it, it, but that was the gag mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like um now i wonder if he's going to actually play a major role in the king and black stuff with the sword and i don't, think I don't so. know uh you well know, but, you know what yeah. maybe maybe his weapon will get used or it'll be mentioned that's what i'm there, like but part of a larger thing yeah because well, he's like it's one of the only weapons that can kill him uh and i'm thinking oh also that kid who's part of the main story seems to be able to do something yeah that, this, that might be the one that comes through this is this is the precursor of a, a mini series that they're doing of him i think that oh, okay. starts in march yeah so okay. it'll be like a five issue mini by the same writer um so mm. this is this is like the this is like the sample size or the the you know during an event they'll they'll like give you right, one right. hit of a different yeah. of a book and if you like it you you follow that proof in mini proof of concept yeah. yeah. Well, because so even this, he this like seems to is. get a new power in the you know like when he uh, fully fully you know like aligns himself with his you know what he actually has to offer by being somebody who can control the darkness he gets that like over armor of like, yeah black mm-hmm. mystic becomes, energy kind of it, thing it, like thematically it becomes a little bit more like a symbiote as opposed to just a weapon to wield like he becomes True. one with it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's probably the little status quo change that they'll do for yeah. the new book. And there were elements, you know, when he's like, I called the sword, and sometimes when it gets excited, it comes point first, so watch out. Um, that was kind uh, of funny. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, we're reviewing or checking out the, the mini or the first issue. I want it to do well. I want the Black Knight to... <laughs> to get a little. Well, do, I mean, but, they're gonna uh, they're yeah. gonna push him. He's a part of the yeah. new Eternals movie. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they're gonna push. Oh, him. is he? <laughs> yeah, Kit yeah. Harrington is. Kit playing him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Which struck me as odd for the Eternals, but I guess because he's like a family line kind of thing, and maybe they'll weave the two stories together. I, I well, presumably they will weave the two stories together. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's, there's usually no like rules with the MCU. They're going to do whatever the hell they want. Um, hmm. As in like, they could just fold the two on each other living for thousands of years versus yeah. a lineage right. and a this, weapon thousands of years old. Yeah. Even like a reincarnation thing would, could easily Maybe. be applied to the Black Knight or not. Oh, but I'm looking Maybe ahead. He's it, it says eternal. next. We don't know. Huh? Oh yeah, that's possible. Um, the, the miniseries looks like it does not have the same. Oh no, uh, it's not the same artist. Yeah. Um. So, we got yes. two more. We got two more books, real quick. Uh, there we go. I think we could probably get to the next one pretty quickly. Uh, that's Man Bat number one by in, by DC Comics, um, written by Dave Wigglesel. 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 And art by Sumit Kumar. Um, for years, Kirk Langstrom has struggled with his monstrous alter ego, Man Bat, and the serum that transformed him. But he's finally hit rock bottom following a devastating setback. And he's going to take it out, his take his anger out on every single citizen of Gotham City. Will the combined might of Batman and the GCPD be enough to stop Langstrom once and for all? Or will he just this just be the start of Man Bat's devastation? We picked this book to read because um, uh, not only was it interesting looking, uh, but to me, it also felt like the end of these types of books or the last of these types of books at DC, at least for the near future having 
um, a side character get a miniseries. Uh, because if you look ahead at a lot of what the, the publisher is doing and or the solicits, it's it's a lot of anthology books, a lot of uh, Trinity books. Just if it's not Batman or Superman related, it's not going to get its own title. It's going to get a backup. So this kind of felt like a last hurrah of or, or a, a vestigial miniseries that they're just going to kind of push out. So I was interested to see how it kind of read. Um, that being said, solid. It was solid. It felt like a, um, it, it felt like an episode of the animated series mm. for mature audiences. That's all. And, and not even that much mature audiences. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Cause the animated series not, was for mature audiences. Just sometimes. Yeah. Thir- 13 year olds, not 10 year olds. Right. It, like right. this, this whole, very much kind whole, of fit right. right in there of, a. Uh, uh, they treat ang- they they ch- I keep saying Angstrom Levy because I, I want to because but Langstrom Kirk Langstrom yeah right. um, they treat them it's it's an obviously an allegory for for addiction and for constantly falling off the wagon um, mm-hmm. his wife leaves him he goes in a bender tries to make it better and all of this over time has damaged his body beyond repair so he's got a death sentence. So his whole thing is I'm going to go out trying to help be in this monster. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's pretty by the numbers, but it, for, for what it is, it's, just, it's competent and successful. what do you guys think? Um, yeah. No, go B go. Oh, just, yeah, it is a, uh, standard man bad story. Um, it was good. Um, I, and you mentioned the addiction thing. I thought it was interesting that, uh, just this one line where, you know, I, I forget his history, but I guess in this version, at least, he was trying to cure uh, a kind of deafness. And that's what led to the serum that turned him into man bat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, that's the plan still. And there's one line where it's like, uh, once I get this other man bat stuff under control, then I can finally get back to doing that rather than like, well, you could just be doing that now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was interesting. I I really liked the well, the art was good in general. I really liked the uh, Batman art specifically. Yes, I did too. Really cool. Um, the choice of doing the yellow line around the bat, just like a like a, a ink line of yellow around the bat on his chest, and of doing the utility belt in black with yellow mm-hmm. line, like highlight lines. Um, I, I thought those were really cool and interesting choices, especially for the bat symbol. That's the um, new fifty two redesign, right? Like that was a that was a Capullo design that that weird mm. shaped belt that was black, but it had like yellow yellow plates. highlights. Yeah. 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 Mm. What, what about the line around the? Because I see that kind of that too. the next Batman that, that has too. the little pieces of it that was in there too. Yeah, yeah that's right, well, it's I just, like it. It's a full <laughs> black, but it's got yellow because those those costume redesigns had a lot of lines in them. Like yes, they did a lot of like piping yeah, lines and armor lines. Yeah. It was yeah. just a big emblem, but it was yellow outlined okay. around it. Yeah. Okay. It's a great. Co- um, it's a great costume design. It is, especially here where it doesn't have all those lines. I, I don't have anything wrong. I don't have anything against the lines on some characters, and Batman is one that they can work for. But it looks better without them. You know. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I found myself thinking about the animated series a lot too while reading this because I mean I've read Batman, uh, Man Bat in in other places since then but the animated series is still the thing yeah, that that's kind of his definitive place isn't mind. it yeah yeah like that's that's where mm-hmm. his his definitive story was told almost mm-hmm. to perfection right. the and thing is is that, that it's always compared 
But the thing is, is that that story is a story that is as old as the 70s, because that's mm-hmm. when he, you know, he first appeared. And every man bat appearance since then, or the majority of them, has been kind of like a tweaking or a reimagining yeah. of yeah. that same story. You know, um, I thought that this book was just like y'all. It was well done. Um, it's well produced. I too liked the Batman in this. And as much as I liked those same aspects you just spoke about, B, the other aspect I liked is that there are moments in the book where Batman is just a shape on the page, a la the late great Norm Brayfogle's uh, mm. depiction of Batman, and it brought brought to mind his art. Whose mm. whose art I always liked more in theory than actually on the on the page, and this was a com- the combination of where ah he's doing a little Norm Brayfogle here, and I like how it's landing. Mm. I, I'm I'm feeling this one a little bit more. Um, but again, at the end of the day, as much as like you said, no, this is old school comic booking the way they mm-hmm. used to do it in the '80s and '90s. There's a reason why the Man Bat has been a, a a a character that hasn't been returned to that often. It becomes pretty much a one note story. Mm-hmm. Am I kind of interested in where the story might go to see if it'll be different? Not really, because as it's set up, so now you're going to have him going against the Suicide Squad, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that doesn't sound really cool. I actually was more would have been more interested in there was a few years ago, and now that I think about it, actually was a long time ago, over 20 <laughs> years ago. There was a, a few. three, a three, three <laughs> issue, three issue prestige format um Batman story that was Batman Man Bat that treated that. Batman it treated Man Bat more on a horror level or closer to horror, especially with the painted um interiors of it. And I thought that this book would might might be a a return to that type of vibe with Man Bat. So I was intrigued to see if that was where they want to go. So maybe because this didn't meet my expectations, I didn't enjoy it. But I think I didn't enjoy it more because it was just more of the same with Man Bat. And like I've seen this yeah. before. Yeah. This this um, maybe this would have been. So I think the consensus is that it's it's. It's um, it's old hat, but it's well done well. More like mm-hmm. more of the same, mm-hmm. yeah. but the same is fine. Right. Um, but uh, but maybe if they would have approached this as like a, a like on a black label level, like do do something harsher, do something different, do something because like even to uh one of Brian's biggest pet peeves, like mucking up or dirtying up a a prist- or a, like a a previous character. There's no like. Do it with this. Yeah. Mess mess with him. Mess with his status quo. Make him go darker. Or or treat if they want to make an allegory for for drug addiction or for about junkies and stuff, do it. Actually, mm-hmm. like really do it. Why not? You know? Because it seems like they're going the opposite direction here. Where they're trying to redeem him. He well, and also like he now no longer needs the serum to change into man bat. Oh yeah. So now was, it's just like a thing that he is that was I, I wasn't well, that sure was that, that was like what, yeah. what was like channel what's left inside of you or yeah i get the sense though that this is going to become like a um a synthesis oh. of the two of uh, them kind of character that's what i'm thinking i mean they could go in a more hulk 
kind of direction. Um, or, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know where they'll head, but it kind of looks like, you know, he's caught in a weird place where he's not a villain. He's not a bad guy, but he also doesn't like, he's, he's not a hero either. Oh yeah. I remember that. Oh, that was an Elseworlds. Not the book we're talking about, but yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the man bet. Batman Man Bat book from the 80s with John, uh, Jamie Delano and John Bolton painted interiors that I was talking about. Um, it was an Elseworlds story. It treated, um, but it was about Man Bat. Like, like um, I think he turns his wife into a Man Bat as well and starts to, wants to turn the world into Man Bat. It's a real hmm. creepy kind of story, but it's the first time I saw something different being done with the character. It was very hmm. cool. The more the more we talk about this, the more I think like it it, it um uh if anything, this is like the this story was fine as is, but it really just it more creates pangs of what it could have been or what they mm-hmm. could have done as opposed to yeah, it's fine. It's just yeah. it's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man bad story. It's a man bad story. <laughs> it's a man bad right. story. Well oh, what? Did, Brad, did, did you ah, want to stay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take her out. This is one more book, so <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's 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 cap it up with something that was a that was a late addition to the to the to the to the schedule. A very weird book that um, by Aftershock Comics called Maniac of New York, written by Elliot Kalin, with art by Andrea Moody. So, solutions as goes as follows: Four years ago, a masked slasher began stalking the streets of New York City. Maniac Harry is inhuman, unkillable, and unstoppable, which is why the authorities' solution has been to ignore him and let New Yorkers adapt to a world where death can strike at any moment. When Maniac Harry starts killing his way through the subway system, trauma-haunted political aside or political aide Gina Green and disgraced NYPD detective Zelda Pettibone become determined to go rogue and destroy him. But how can they fight a monster when they can't fight City Hall? So... Oh. Um, some background on this book. I I was I read some aftershock titles, and they have a habit of not a habit. They have a practice of putting uh, upcoming issue previews in the backs of their books. Yeah, uh, very grassroots kind of advertising beyond solicitations because they're still a fledgling publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've read the first five pages of this book uh, like forty times, um, and I wasn't <laughs> super interested in it. I don't like because it, it's only the first it's only up until the first. Uh, so so this this book starts with almost like a news, uh, a, a news right. briefing or, or a news channel. Mm-hmm. The preview doesn't go as far as giving you the rest of the newscast. So it was always just like, yeah, cool. Maniac kills a bunch of people and there's a vigil. Got it. The next page beyond that preview is when they give like the weather report and then how many mm-hmm. victims also that day and where. And then it, it clicks like, oh, this is like a this is like a parody. <laughs> and and I'm here for that, whereas the other concept felt boring. Um, so I, so I gave it another shot. And then I realized the writer, Elliot Kalin, is I know who he is. I didn't like the name and the and it didn't click until I until I read the book. Um, Elliot Kalin is um, an Emmy Award winning writer for the daily show with john stewart oh like oh wow he, he's Sweet. been in the industry for a while written a bunch of books uh he also is a podcaster 
Um, the main show being the flop house where him and two other friends talk about really bad movies. Most of them genre movies. Uh, so they will dissect, you know, movies that this kind of thing is based on. So with all of those pieces put together, I kind of started reading this in a different light. Like, mm. Oh, so this is, this is mild parody written by somebody who intricately knows the tropes of this genre and can play with them. So my overall experience was actually, it was pretty adorable. Like it's an adorable book about uh, a Jason like character that can't be killed. And the, the weird realism of the city or any large city being like losing interest in trying to do something about it. (laughs) So they really just kind of track his whereabouts, have like alerts and warnings, uh, stay inside. Don't talk to anybody like, you know, like, they instead of trying to end it, they just try to adapt around it, which right. I thought See, was pretty interesting. I thought it was really interesting. Like you know, um, one of their warnings is like, if you see something, scream something. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of yeah. This cool. is a very specific. I the the word that keeps coming to the top of my head is cute. It's oddly cute to me because I I love horror <laughs> movies and stuff, and just this kind of like concept. It's just it's just cute. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Um. It, it reminded me a little bit of Mark Russell um, in a yeah. way, but not quite as deftly done no. as what it, it was. I found it to be very broad. Like it was the, the lampooning was very broad. And when you read the solicit that said, you know, that uh, the city has just decided to ignore it or, or something like that, that is, if that had been spelled out just a little more to crystallize that a little bit more in the book of like, oh, hey, you guys do this with other things like the climate or what have you, you know, that, yeah. that are less present. And then the point that we're making is that this is just as dangerous as that, you know, like that kind of thing. I think that that could have been very successful for this book. Um, unfortunately, that was not done. But if you like, if you read the solicitor or if you, now going forward, I w- might have that in mind um, that uh, that could work out. Um, yeah, it was I, th- I think that was my take on it was like it was well done was I don't know if this is his first foray into comics know, or like uh, narrative storytelling. No, um, he's okay. he's done a bunch of children's books and novels. Okay. And oh, he, he also was a, one of the I think he was the head writer on the. Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot. Oh, really? How about that? Yeah, so it's a lot of comedy writing and a lot of genre stuff. But even that, like Mystery Science Theater 3000, I don't know what the reboot was like, but it's not really... It's very funny. um, It's not a story. Right, it's It's not narrative. like poking fun at a story. Right, exactly. Um, So like introduction of concepts rather than introduction of jokes, like Mm -hmm. are, you know, are different, are different just uh, mechanics wise. Um, I think I maybe spent too much time wondering what the deal with this guy is for the purposes of the story. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, well, how does this, how does this keep happening? Uh, like, they, the... they touch into it, which mm-hmm. they set that up as the mystery of the book of okay. his real first victims. And, oh, right, right, the, right. Yeah. And there's also, a, there's some back matter that actually that I found that impressive. There's, there's in story back matter at the end of this book, um, mm-hmm. maps of the killings and a grid, also some old newspaper clippings that are probably part of the mystery. So 
I know there on one level, it is a parody on the other level. It's being done by somebody that understands the genre and they're actually trying to tell a genre story at the same time. Hmm. Um, successful or not. I, I think I was just very impressed with the package. I, I the only thing that I'm bumping against right here in your review, and specifically with you, no, is the use. Let me of, meet you real quick. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is 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 the use of the word parody? Because I mm. think the word you actually may be going for more is satire. Because oh, yeah. I think this is I think this is more a, 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 a satirical look. Um, at the same things that you're t- you're talking about, parody seems to give makes me at least think of more your lampooning it as you're opposed. You're right. To, <laughs> you're right. As opposed to you just maybe taking a, a slightly comical, cynical look at it, and I think that this lands for the most part in that aspect of it. Um, you know. I, the the thing that actually was hitting with me was how, and you talk about how the horrific can all of a sudden just become just a deadline or, or a headline or something that just flashes across your cell phone real mm-hmm. quick is you know the world we live in which today which now you know we are losing thousands of people a day and for many people, that is nothing but, you know, a Chiron on the television screen. It is just a, a, a blurb that's in the corner of the uh, news that you are watching that is focusing on some dumb shenanigans that is happening in, in Congress, you know? Um, and for some people, it's nothing but an Instagram chart that they're sliding through so they can get to their funny cat pictures. So um, until, bam, it hits home and all of a sudden the subway doors open and there's someone laying there in a pool of blood. And it's that much more immediate. That scene was spectacular, by the way. Um, Yes. Like, so like you, you get the internal monologue of of a character you just meet complaining about all of these things. Like she wants this stupid frat uh, frat stock bro to, to leave. She wants this guy to shut the fuck up. She wants, and then all of a sudden the doors open and it's just like, oh, none of yeah. it matters. And I like the idea that they've set up, very deftly they set up this idea of the um, uh, automated subway car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is right. The, this is the entire book right here. So you've got this automated subway car that is, constantly traveling 231 potential victims and these two cops who are the only ones that want to try and stop it. So this is like a diehard situation now where you've got a speeding train that only stops on occasion. You've got 230 people that are about to die and only two people that really give a shit trying to track down and chase the train. This is an awesome conflict that, and you know what, you're right. uh, The satire is almost just like maybe the icing on the cake. Right. The cake is still baked really well. Yeah. I I yeah. I I find myself enjoying this. Um it reads almost like you're like if you were to make if you were to take the world today and put it in a periodical uh the drama or procedural drama. Yeah. That's that's what this is. And it's it's so spot on. It is funny when it needs to be, but it is 
definitely serious when you don't expect it to be. It hits you right over the head. The art is very, very, very good. It's so, it's it's so it's so lived in that I loved it. And you know me, I'm a big I'm a I'm a big proponent of the fonts. I love the use. I love the fonts that they use with mm. this because it just matched it so good. I mean, the packaging is so just so well done. I enjoyed every ad, the, the muted colors of it. Ah, oh, this is this is some good comic booking right here, man. I loved it. I love this book. I am I am in there. I am. Yeah, there's there's almost like a Dustin Nguyen kind mm-hmm. of painting yeah. style to it. And honestly. Yep. The cover had me. I don't like if you guys saw this cover. Yeah, this is spectacular. Yeah, yeah that that, co- that covers a movie poster. That covers yeah. a yeah. movie poster waiting yeah. to happen. <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more I kind of like it. Like, I, it, it's um, on the surface, it's a satire, and I was using those terms incorrectly. Thank you for calling me out. But it's 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 not unlike how um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the mm-hmm. Dead is a satire of zombie movies, but it doesn't take any shortcuts about being an actual zombie movie at the zombie same time. Zombie movie, exactly. So it's it's not it's not a um it's not a romantic comedy, but it also is. It's not a this, but it also is. At the at the bare minimum, it's or at the at the base level, it is a actual zombie movie. There's just funny characters that respond differently to this shit. Mm-hmm. Um but then when it gets real, it gets real, which I actually I kind of dug about this. Yeah, I, I want. I think I'm going to pull this. I'm going to read this series. This is fun. Nice. You guys can enjoy what? it and trade. Yeah, I'm, and I'm curious to see <laughs> as it goes on. Maybe you'll check back in. Be <laughs> oh, like, no. oh, we're issue, issue four. No one knows now. me well. I, 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 I just didn't say it. I, I will <laughs> be buying this and trade. <laughs> enjoy it and trade. Look, <laughs> there's enough. There's enough room in this world for every type of reader. The only thing that I would highly suggest is be sure to pre-order the shit you like, because if you don't, it gets canceled. That's true. That is true. Even true. collections. So I hate all these. Sorry, I don't hate trade waiters. You just have to realize that if <laughs> like you when? don't pre-order, shit gets canceled. Yeah. It, like it could be solicited. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. It If you don't let your retailer know to order it, they don't make the yeah. book eventually and print it to send it. Like they cancel it or push it off. Well, fortunately, you have a uh, a uh, zip line to your your <laughs> retailer, Noel, because I've been we've been noted notified that it's already been added to your list. There you go. Oh, really? You got it in there? Done. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we have to support. Oh, I, for- I, I knew he was going to call me out. I knew he was going to call me out. I knew. I knew he was going to call me out. <laughs> I knew he was gonna call me out. Okay, okay. This is it's it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> the reason I don't do that, JD, and I'll be honest with you, bro. Well, now what? It, uh, what does it say? Is a oh, well, the guy he, who only reads trades. He doesn't seem to order many trades from his good friend Jadles. Says his good friend Jadles <laughs> with an LOL at the end. Is a, is a good deal. friend. Here's, here's the deal. I'm an old school comic book guy. I've never had a pull list at any comic book store I've ever gone to. I, I just I just don't. I don't do pull lists. And the reason why I don't do pull lists is because I like the idea of going to the comic book store and just buying stuff that I want to buy. That is the biggest thing that's happened to me in this pandemic. I don't. Yes. 
do I not get to go there and shoot the shit with Jadles or go to my other comic book store, Amalgam, or even a couple of the other comic book stores that I, I journey to not as often as those two and talk to those people. That's what I miss. But I would go there and I'd buy the books that I like and then I'll look through the trades and I buy, oh, this trade came out. I buy mm-hmm. this, this trade up. I like doing that. I like shopping for comic books. That's why I don't do pull lists. That's why I don't, you know, and maybe I'm a bad, I'm a bad customer in that way. I don't pre-order. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to change. I'm going to buy, <laughs> I'm going to buy trades though. And there are certain trades that JD knows. I will tell him that, yo, get, can you get this for me in trade? I'm going to get it. And he knows that. And I will buy that. But more often than not, I like shopping for comics. I don't like shopping for clothes. I don't like shopping for food. I like shopping for comics. And that's what I do. Uh, Action Figure Expert says, wow, Len, I'm surprised you've never had a pull list. What if someone uh, or a particular issue has sold out? What do you do? You just miss it. I, I don't miss it. I then ask my retailer if there's a way I can get a uh, a copy of it. And then they will find a copy of it for me. I That's why I do have the two main comic book stores that I go to. Usually between the two, I can find it. I'm good friends with the owners there, so they usually will find a way of getting the books for me. And was then there ever a time, Len, when it was like, I'm going to be reading Batman for the foreseeable future and just like have one for me? No. Just that, you know, it's never I, the deal. I, honestly, nope. I, yeah, I, I used to be that kind of, re- well, I mean, there was a, there's a, there was a time when I lived in Florida where I didn't have a normal comic shop. So I would actually just kind of look and see what shit was coming out and then go opening that day mm-hmm. and just grab it. Uh, it wasn't until a couple months in that, you know, the shop owner was just like, see here, here's a, here's a subscription <laughs> list. What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, no, I get that. Like, I'd like to just peruse racks. Absolutely. Like, even though I have a pull list with JD, I will, I, it, it's always it's also always a what else is there i've never heard of this shit what's this what's that what's this mm-hmm. like there's still yeah there has never perusing. been a week where i go in and pick up my polls that i don't also check out like, yeah oh what came out you know that yeah. kind of thing yeah but it's also uh, also part of me is that i don't read previews so hmm. i don't really uh, outside of doing this because for, for all the time i did black tribbles I would know when new comic books were coming out because they usually come on the show to promote it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you do, you kind of like read the news a little bit. So, you know, like, oh, this new book is going to be coming out. Mm. But I will always stay away. I hate spoilers. So I would stay away from really story specific type of stuff. I don't read previews because I don't want to know what's happening four months down the line. I want to know what's happening here this month because this is what I care about. I don't want to know what's happening four months down the line. That's oh, a spoiler to me. Uh, so you know I, I, mean? I agree with that. I, oh, wait, yeah. hang on. Okay, so when it comes to, when it comes to like the big two solicitations, I don't really, like I don't actually, ever, I don't ever read the paragraphs other than them mm-hmm. being on the show or, or copying, pasting them. Mm-hmm. But I do look and see what's coming. Because I don't know, I just I love the idea of like, oh, this person's going to be starting a book. I, I I definitely want to make sure that I get that. Or I do it most specifically with like boom and image and stuff because it's always new for the most part. True. So I will always like I, those are the those are the solicitations I always go through first. Like um, when I go pick up my books that week that a previews is out, JD just usually plops it in front of me, and then you know it starts with image and boom. The the book starts with image and boom, and I literally just leaf it. And take pictures of my phone of like, 
that looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. And then I'll look it up. But it, it it's I we literally could do a one hour live stream without any spoilers, just talking about like this new book called Stray Dogs is coming out from from Image. It looks pretty cool. These creators did this and this. Maybe this book looks pretty cool. Everyone's talking about it. Like just introducing the ideas of these books without them being spoilers. Because honestly, if it's not DC or Marvel, all these books usually need traction. That's they true. Need, that is they true. need people to know because the way that the direct market works, if there's no yeah. pre-orders, there's no issue for, you know? Right. So, yeah, but I got a funny feeling and I could be wrong, but I have a funny feeling that the, the market for these newer comic book companies and the reason why they seem to have a lot more legs than the the smaller comic book companies of yesterday uh, did is because they have gotten away or they have found a way that, yeah, they want the individual issues to sell. But as much as they might pro- solicit something as an ongoing, they're really in this for the trades. So oh, yeah. I, I got yeah, a funny yeah. feeling their ongoings are, you know, we're going to do... Yeah, this is ongoing, and this is the first story of the ongoing. And if it sells, then we will on go to another one. But yeah. if it doesn't, <laughs> then it, this one story will live in this trade, and and it'll rock on. I think they really have locked on to marketing <laughs> primarily for the trades, man. So uh, J- uh, JD had mentioned uh, in the chat. I'm just going to go ahead and pre-order every book you say you'll read and trade on the podcast. Just, I, I assume just to be a good friend. Okay. Probably. All right. All right. And then Boom. you'll, and then you'll accidentally find it in the wild on the lens shelf that he'll <laughs> specifically have you. In the <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else goes to pick a book from the, obviously if, if anybody, shelf. if anybody that's listening wants to, from now on, keep track of the, sh- of the books that Len says he's going to read and trade. Yes. We will review full trades of that later down the road. Okay, how many books have I said? Well, do you, I, said I, don't, I don't know. I don't bet. No, we live. Keep, I don't keep track. Okay, uh, so Maniac let's keep of New York. Tra- oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We uh, live. So let's keep New track York. right now. Let's keep okay. track right now. We live, definitely. Uh-huh. Rorschach. Yeah. Yes. Um, we'll do a full on. Maniac in New York. Far Sector? It, was I, I, that? I mean, far we've sector. read a lot of those already. I, I mean, but I did, but I did say. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did say I'm going to get Far Sector and trade. That came out this week. That's four. What else? I don't know. Oh, uh, Jade, no, I books. did. I did say I would get. The, I, there you go. Uh, it's not thirty-two <laughs> books. It's, it's, I, I, I'm pretty sure I said I would probably buy the first Legion trade, Brian Michael Bendis uh-huh. Legion trade. Even though I'm iffy on that because the art goes up and down in the, in in that book. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can't <laughs> think of anything else. It's like eighty percent. Right, well, that's why we need a list. Yeah. Um, right, so, so if Saint Saucy wants to keep a list of ongoing things for 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 us to uh, really bug Len about, let's okay. do it. Trust feel me. free to add trust, things in that he never said, and we'll be like, "No, you did say yeah. it. It's on the list." Something tells me JD <laughs> is compiling that list right now. Uh, <laughs> it'll be on a it'll be on a whiteboard behind him with, with <laughs> the next episode. Yeah, it's, trust um, me. It's it's a uh, it's the uh, Lens Pull List, aka Baby Destructo College Fund. Was it how the omnibus? He didn't. He didn't mention if he, he didn't mention he wanted the um, prestige edition, but <laughs> I mean, what's, an extra, does, what's an extra you know? hundred bucks? 
You know what? You know what I wonder. Speaking of how smaller companies can, <laughs> very good. <laughs> JD loves us and he's howling. He says, um, I, "I wonder how much those smaller companies. Um, you know, digital is a thing now where it wasn't in the '90s. Mm. And once you have a digital copy, you have as many digital copies as you want. So if they can offset some of their cost on Whoa. in that part of the market, I I have no idea. So um, I, it's it's yeah. you, there's um. More and more, you're reading about books that are being pre-sold um, or or pre-financed. So mm-hmm. let's say Boom Studios, they have a first look deal with Netflix. So yeah. okay. everything that they yeah. like, they're not funded by Netflix to right, right. make books, but everything that they create that's new IP mm-hmm. potentially has a production uh, uh, incentive House. attached to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like so, the big two kind of seem like sometimes. Where I mean, it's like, not seem like they more, g- more genuinely than are. Yeah, <laughs> right, like right. Disney yeah. owns and this. So and um, I think all, um, uh, like Miller, all of Mark Miller's stuff has Mark Miller's stuff is owned by Netflix. Right. right. Yep. Um, yep. But then also they're doing this thing now that I I personally don't like, but it's a way to pre-fund the book before it hits issues. Is they're going on crowdfunding websites now, and they're pre-selling mm-hmm. collected editions and prestige format editions of books that haven't even come out yet. So, mm-hmm. like this, the new, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a month when it comes out. But the new Keanu Reeves Berserker book. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Boom Studios went on Kickstarter and they they pre-sold right. three giant absolute style books of this series that hasn't even started yet. For Which ultimately, a lot of money. if that helps us get more art, more comics, you I know, mean, it it can be a, a good thing. Net positive, I guess. Yeah. Like there's like for like five hundred dollars, you get three large books. Right. But right. and if somebody's willing to do it, you know, yeah, <laughs> go for but it. Yeah, it's a weird precedent. Part like personally, it makes yeah. me feel icky because it completely yeah. sidesteps the direct market. Completely. Uh, sure. Well, there is that aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that part is. So they're sure. pre-selling these books, which yeah. will fund the the series in issues for like. So they won't have to ever be working from a deficit. However, you've got all these very very interested consumers who now sure. don't have to bother. So right. so you're potentially getting more readers mm-hmm. by pre-funding it. But you're also potentially shutting the door on the more fervent fans that would have been there anyway. Although any word Mm -hmm. of mouth, like if this helps it get produced, any future editions presumably would at least have the potential to be sold in stores. Yeah. And so whereas like these early, at least potentially, you know, like they could have they could be on a trade somewhere. And that kind of ties into another thought that I had about something Lynn was saying where you know they they are writing they're with a trade in mind right and that definitely does seem to be something that maybe beginning with dvd sales has started to come more and more into like uh the way that we get pop culture i feel like there's much more or with streaming there's much more value in having a completed story than there used to be mm-hmm. you know because and i think it 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 comes over into comics too where there is an eye to that trade on the horizon where it's like if we can just get of this many issues out this trade can be forever on a bookshelf 
you know, whenever, whenever we, uh, yeah, no, I, and also to the way that the direct market works with pre-solicitations, they, Mm. you're always going to, I, things get abruptly canceled, but Mm -hmm. gone are the days of things getting abruptly canceled or mostly gone are the days of things getting abruptly canceled mid arc or, Mm -hmm. or mid story because they're solicited three to four months in advance. Meaning that if I'm on issue two and the book is not selling at all and it's going to get canceled, there's already pre-orders usually for, mm-hmm. you know, up to issue five or six. So if anything, they'll announce to cancel and the writer has the ability to at least the finish their is- shit. And it's going right, to be, a, it's right. going to be a trade there. I mean, stuff still gets like preemptively sure. or sure. prematurely shelved or canceled, but they usually always at least try and bake in the secondary market of trades and stuff mm-hmm. as like a loss leader. Like, look, we can at least, we at least got a collection of this shit now. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's not it's so much more valuable if you have a collection with a with a finished story no matter how much, how rushed it it is yeah. compared to what it would have been. That is way more uh um sellable than here's three issues that were pretty cool and never wrap up. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. I don't know. I I just uh, the crowd I I get janky about any time that they they the the man whatever yeah um (laughs) of just the model to exclude the retailers only because sure the retailers are basically their only real cheerleaders um the uh, books moving new books moving are are based usually off word of mouth of the retailers whether that's digitally or otherwise because yeah, they no are one's gonna know. for these books. Yeah, no one's sure. going to like without the giant public or uh, marketing apparatus of hey, look, here's this new book. It's it's usually word of mouth. Like, you know, the the example of having Keanu Reeves on a book, that's a big deal, that'll get you press. But sure. literally everything else is usually always word of mouth for the first couple of months. And then doing these things that that cut them out of the conversation. Or at least make them only an afterthought of the conversation. Always feels weird to me. I th- I think this is a conversation that we can t- continue, perhaps on our February holiday yes. President Valentine edition <laughs> of Drunk Gutter Talk. Wonderful, which we will be programming and setting a date for, maybe as soon as we turn off the microphones Thanks. or the cameras. <laughs> yeah, we should keep our microphones on if we want to talk to each other. <laughs> we, um, uh, JD's asking. For, he's chatting in everything. There's a, there's of a course. Call there's a J- he's all over the place because he's Pick. on his phone someplace. Pick. He's on a computer One. another place. Uh, he asked if we had decided what the monthly book club was. No, we'll do it. Well, I guess we'll do it offline. Uh, uh, yeah. We, we, I mean, if you don't know, we don't know. Yeah, we had almost selected one, and but then it turns out that that was out of print, and so we maybe uh, we're gonna pick something else. But we'll uh, no is the answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the short Whatever. answer is no, but maybe we'll it's come very up short. with something thematic: uh, President's Day or Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, 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 Ooh. oh! President's Day or Valentine's Day? Oh, I've got one. Um. The JD has probably done it before. Uh, Where's this gonna be? Oh, I'll be right back. Uh, if he's not coming back with Prez, we should do that. Uh, yeah, the Mark Russell's Prez. Uh, but I think it—I don't think it's in print anymore. No. 
It, it just came out, right? I mean, or was that longer was ago than I remember? Ago. It was longer. Oh, ago. was it that long? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was still <laughs> two DC logos ago. Oh my! That, I mean, which is, which is quicker often. in succession yeah. recently, but <laughs> yeah. still, that's a while. <laughs> okay, I actually don't know how good this fits in with the theme, but it's the comic book that came to my mind. It's um, it's by uh, it's by uh, Fabio Moon and uh, Gabriel Ba. It's an oh. old comic book, and it's called uh, Day, Day Tripper. Tripper. I, you know what? Cool. I've always wanted to. I, I, I have. Uh, a wife. There she is. Hi. Oh yeah. I have a um. I have a copy of this, and I've I've never oh, gotten sweet. past issue five. I'm down. I'd read it. Uh, Day Tripper. Uh, I'll just give you the one sentence from the back. What are the most important days of your life? The miracle child of a world famous Brazilian writer, Braz spends his days pinning other people's obituaries and his nights dreaming of becoming a successful author himself writing the end of the people's stories while his own has barely begun. But on the day that life begins, would he even notice? Um, it's, I read this comic book uh, more than a few years ago when I first bought it. And this was just uh, almost life altering for me in much the same way that um, true stories um, uh, changed my life from, by Tom Beland. And I just thought, think this is just a, a very beautiful comic book. Um, JD says that he's been wanting to read Day Tripper, so like th this cool. is th this is this is it. Yeah, this yeah. I'm it. not sure that I've heard of it before, but the cover looks really I mean, cool. It's, it's, it's a Vertigo. It's a Vertigo book. It's a no, cool. book. it's DC. Cool, cool. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, my copy is DC Black Label. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Because <laughs> it's a newer yeah. print. Yeah. Um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba are fantastic. Cool. I, this is the I mean, this came out over a 2011. Ago. Yeah, 2011. Okay. Oh, a decade ago. Yeah, this came out a okay. decade ago, and it was um, it's ten issue. It's a ten issue maxi series, full story, and this happened between those first two. It was funny. Gabriel Moon, uh, Fabio, Fabio Moon, <laughs> and Gabriel Ba, brother and sister, or uh, brother and brother, twin brothers. They used to. Really? Yeah, yeah, they they moved from. Uh -oh. Um. Oh, I, I lost headphones. They moved from. Uh, they alternated art on. Um, what's that Mad Fraction book? Uh, Luxury. Oh, uh, Casanova. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Oh, great. Yeah. They're twin brothers who were born in Brazil, where they live until this day. They have uh, their friends there and their family is their home. They've been telling stories in comic book form for almost 15 years, and their work has been published in France, Italy, Spain, Greece, Japan, Germany, as well as in the U.S. and Brazil. They like their coffee black with no sugar, so the taste is strong and memorable. They believe stories should taste equally strong and be just as memorable. They work with a fresh pot that's always handy to make sure they never forget that. I yeah, mean, I, I love these guys. I mean, um, that's just talking about the creators, cool. and it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do. They also do um, uh, Umbrella Academy with Gerard Way. They both do. No, I think it's just. Um, I thought it was just Gabriel. Just ba. Ba. I think it's just G Gabriel Ba. Okay. Ba. So they both write and draw this day trippers like together. They yeah, they both write everything. it and draw it together. Yeah. They're both cool. artists and writers on their own right. I don't know. What yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm much more familiar with Gabriel Bond, but only really from Umbrella Academy. Um, but I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, this, it's it's really good. yeah this looks really good. 
Yeah. I have Casanova, and yeah, I've yet to to completely read it. It's it's a you have to like really be down with the esoteric, weird math fraction. Very true. Um, and sometimes that's great. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to read all this right now. Yeah, I didn't finish it, but I remember it being kind of like fun. Hmm. Sweet. Nice. All right, a day tripper it is. Um, what's the last cool. Friday of, or what's the last Sunday of February? I think it's only like three weeks away. Oh Jesus! All yeah, right, I mean, well, maybe it'll be a week off. Yeah. So we'll have to do well. Well, we can't do it if JD can't be there because JD the, wants to read it. The twenty right. the twenty eighth uh, is a Sunday, so the last day uh, of the month. There you go. We read the book club. So I mean, he'll uh, we'll be a couple weeks into uh, fatherhood at that point. Oh, that's we'll true. That's true. And and so so we we're going to go, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to set the date for our holiday special. It will be coming. We're going to make it happen. We didn't just tickle you with a feather today. We're going to make it happen. All right. So just just trust. We're going to do day- it. Oh, it's the day after oh. his day. Oh, That's cool. a nice reminder. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so thank you for joining us for the last two plus hours. We had a really, really good time talking to you guys. We really appreciate you spending this time with us. Be, be sure to like and subscribe. Jump in the comments. Engage with us. Be sure to hit the bell notification so you know when we go live as well as when we post new content during the week. There was a couple of videos we did this past week. There will be a couple that we do uh, coming up. Um, Yeah. uh, Write about us in in your diary. Put it like fold it on paper, put it in a bottle, throw it out. And maybe oh, those someone, are always cool yeah, when they like, come back so many years later and you hear those turn. That's yeah, fun. and then hopefully yeah. whatever social media thing that people are using at that time, they'll look us up and we won't be dead. Hopefully. Anyway, uh yeah. <laughs> so so thank you. Don't forget to join us next week at the very least, 10:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on uh YouTube as well as wherever you stream your content. Um I mean, we love you guys. Uh, you can find me on social media at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I, as well as any of the Cult Pop podcast feeds. Um, Brian, where can the people find you? I'm at brianleibdesign.com or brianleib.com. Same website. Two addresses. Fine. <laughs> hey, what's up? You can holler at uh, Len the Bat Tribble at Bat Tribble or at Black Tribbles. Too cool to be geeks. Too cute to be nerds. We are Black Tribbles. Look us up on all social media. We rock out with you. Uh, and be cool. sure to visit JD at JD's Hero Complex uh, in Maniunk. I forgot the address. Don't remember. Uh, 4327 seems like it might be the case. 4327 Main Seems Street. like something I've heard a bunch before. Those numbers are almost definitely in there. Uh, <laughs> or you can visit him on JD's Hero Complex dot shop for your comic needs. Um, I mean, have a good week. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.